They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast for yet another edition of Matt Madness Unsanctioned. The show is going full circle. As our first ever unsanctioned guest, Derek McCauley, is joining us again. Welcome back, Derek. Oh, it's good to be back, man. It feels <laughs> been so a while. good to be back. You know what? It feels You've cameoed on a couple of these. I've cameoed on a couple of them, but how fitting is it that just two weeks out from the biggest show of the wrestling calendar, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, that we get the band back together? Yes, it was about time. The original tandem officially back. And i got to say, I was thinking about it throughout the week uh-huh. leading up to it. Stepping back in here, stepping back to the mic, sitting down, mm-hmm. talking to you. Feel a little bit like Babe Ruth walking into original <laughs> Yankee Stadium. You know what I mean? The house that you built? It's the house that D-Mac <laughs> built. Because I've listened. Yeah. I've listened to 14, 15, 16. This is the 14th one. 14 episodes mm-hmm. at this point. 13 awesome episodes. <laughs> some of them repeats with different people, mm-hmm. but nonetheless great. We had some great people come in here. The podcast has grown mm-hmm. from the first episode, and I just wanted to thank you for giving me the opportunity to not only soon become part of this mm-hmm. podcast network along with Russ, correct, but to be the tester, to be <laughs> the first person that made this great thing happen. Yeah, the guinea pig. Yeah, because, I mean, it basically all spawned from that. If the first unsanctioned didn't go all that great... Who would have knows what happened? Yeah, I will. I will tell you. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Not that I thought it would be bad, but I was like, "This is my idea. I just want to bring other wrestling fans on. I don't have to know them. They don't have to be my friend. I don't have to have known them for very long." Uh, and we were sitting down. It was before we started recording the first one. I was like, "I've literally met Derek two times. We talked for <laughs> he probably didn't shut up. At yeah, all. <laughs> we probably talked for a total of." 45 minutes to an hour with other people around. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Who knows if we're going to like click or whatever. Who knows? But, Not in uh, person either. Yeah. Over no. Skype. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought it went really well. I got a lot of good feedback from it. And, of course, Russ, I believe, did episode two. Russ did episode two. I looked at the dates <laughs> on those episodes. Wasted no time getting Russ in. How long by was By the it? way, it was literally, two, it was, no. Like, by the post dates, it was like five days. Really? Yeah, I don't know if it was that quickly. Wow. But the posts on YouTube, the posts was. on YouTube are only like 3 or 4 days apart. Hmm. As far as when they were put up. So okay, we so we basically went back to back on it. Yeah. You and Russ D'Agostino. So nice we did it twice. Yeah, and now you guys are going to be teaming up. Yes, sir. In the, in the not too distant future. Not too distant future Falls <laughs> Count Anywhere podcast. As I alluded to, as I plugged shamelessly mm-hmm. <laughs> on our on our own podcast Correct. network that we have here, yeah, the, plug all you want. The illustrious Matt Madness podcast network that we're growing out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll to include even more shows. I would like to down the line with more people involved. Obviously, we're getting people like Gary involved. Mm-hmm. I have some other friends that are they're good minds mm-hmm. for wrestling. People that are interested in getting involved and doing things like that. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm all for. More people coming aboard. That was always what we wanted. So it'll be great to have more people involved, more voices, more opinions. That's what I like. Everybody, it's one of my favorite things about wrestling is everybody has a different opinion. Everybody likes different things. Everybody views it in a different way. So the more that we can hear from these other people, I think the better. You know what that sounded like, Ron? What? 
That sounded like a toast. <laughs> well, and it is. a better day than 316 day. Yes, we're recording I this on I the evening. I see I have a cool, cool beverage we in front do. of me on the desk here. A nice Miller High Life. Well, what is the date? 316. We're recording this on the night of March 16th, so it is Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're not going to break a glass. We don't. We're we're at a place of business. We are. So we don't want to do anything inappropriate. It is 2173 Gimmick Street, but we're not going to break any glass exactly. at least this time. Exactly. Steve left us some Steve Weisers. We will break these open. We break these open. Get a little. Cheers to you. Drink Welcome here. back. Honestly, the least matter. I could do. Honestly, man, it is great to be back. Yeah, and it's awesome to have you. After um, coming in and bringing some more people on, Russ, a long time ago, mm-hmm. most recently Gary, mm-hmm. which everybody seems to love, which I expected was going to go really, yeah. really well. <laughs> Sitting in that chair, not opposite you and not being the person <laughs> on the podcast, I was getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> You'd had, had enough. Yeah, I'd had my fill of being on the sidelines. You didn't want to see the part-timers jumping in and taking your spot. Nah, I'm a starter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, you got you got the thing kicked off. It kicked off well enough that it gave me the uh, it made me feel like okay, I did the right thing because I that's what I said. I was like, I don't know how it's gonna go. We'll see what happens. I don't know if I'll do another one after this. If this one is a train wreck, obviously it wasn't. I've gotten to know a lot of cool people through doing it. Mm-hmm. Gotten to do a lot of really fun shows through doing it and made a lot of friends doing it. You know, who knows if we would still be talking right now if we didn't have this podcast that I was like, hey, we have to exchange numbers so I can get you onto this show. It's what wrestling is. It is. A like-minded <laughs> group of people. <laughs> yeah, that's how this the whole thing kicked off yep. with you texting me that quote during the House of Hardcore show. Coming together, talking about something that they're passionate about, something that they love, something that bridges age, mm-hmm. gender, you can have pretty much anybody who enjoys wrestling on here. I always compare it to heavy metal. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's just something that just it burrows within you, and it just it never leaves. Yeah. Even if you, like you, like you mentioned Gary. Gary, <clears throat> you know, closer to my age than a lot of the people I've had on the show. Right around the same age, right? Yeah. You guys are like 38. I'm 37. 37. Gary, I'm not sure. I believe sure. Gary's right around the same age. Okay. I think so, he's like 37, 38. Okay. So he He always compares his age to John Cena. Okay. <laughs> so 38. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was going back a lot to the 80s and early 90s and times when he, he felt he was one of three people still watching the product. Yeah. <laughs> and he was probably right. Yeah, and probably. And I you, mean, I feel that way on Monday nights. Yeah, I... Well, some, some Monday nights I feel like I don't even know why I'm watching this product. Despite the ratings, which apparently are staying steady at not as good as SmackDown, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they Do deserve to be. Is SmackDown beating them in the ratings? I would or are like, they just beating them in the hearts and minds of the fans? I would love to believe that they are, but I believe I just talked some <laughs> non-factual information. <laughs> but right many there. people are saying. I'm hearing. <laughs> people are telling me that great things are happening yes. on Tuesday nights. <laughs> well, they are. They are. Uh, but you brought up Monday nights first. Mm-hmm. I obviously have been very outspoken in my displeasure with the re-emergence of one Bill Goldberg. Yes, him as the universal champion. I feel like I've gotten more support for my stance than any pushback, although I have gotten some pushback and some people disagreeing with me. So how how do you feel about what has happened with Goldberg? And did you ever see it getting to this point when he was on the cover of the video game? I saw the match happening because they basically... they. 
they didn't exactly allude to it lightly. They yeah. hit you over the head. Oh, in the original with, commercial, they, you mean? Just like Goldberg, they hit you over the head with just a yeah. tire iron <laughs> of no irony whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, in the hatch, that's what they called it, the hatch promo for the video game. Mm-hmm. They had them breaking out of the thing, and they had the troops and all that stuff. Cool commercial. If they left it as a commercial, it would have been really cool for, like, a Mm one-off. As soon as the Suplex City thing, like, people, because the internet now, you can freeze it, slow it down, and look at it, and you saw the Suplex City sign Mm -hmm. reflected in the cop car window where he's sitting in the back. I was like, well, that's happening again. (laughs) The match that nobody wanted to see after the match at 20 is happening for now, at this point, the third time. Mm -hmm. Not counting the Rumble, because obviously not. Did, that didn't match. last very although that may have lasted a little longer than their actual match. But. The actual match at WrestleMania 20, I think, clocked in at, what, around 14 minutes? <laughs> oh, that I don't know. I meant... Uh, like, absurdly long for the two of them. Well, yeah, even, longer even than they when, needed to go. Even when Brock could still go for that long. <laughs> like, it was, it's absurd. But I hear people basically arguing the facts that, oh, it's not going to be as bad as 20, because people, the fans knew. Yeah. Brock was leaving to try to play football, which he tried to go to the Vikings, high mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, yeah. who also tried to play for <laughs> the Vikings. Did. Didn't work out because he couldn't read a playbook to save he his life. broke the third wall there, I think. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> or is it the fourth wall? I don't remember. Breaking the said. fourth wall. Fourth wall. Okay. High Colcabana. <laughs> but, um, no, they talked about it because people are trying to say, this, oh, they're not going to hate on it as much because the fans knew that both of those guys were leaving, mm-hmm. so they shit on the match inherently yeah. because they knew, like, oh, these guys don't give a crap about us. They're leaving. Yeah. The only person they popped for was Austin the yeah. entire match. <laughs> and WWE it did... was the real winner. And WWE did the right thing by having him stun both of them mm-hmm. anyway because that was the company's figurative yeah. middle, middle finger. <laughs> yeah, well, stone cold l- not even figurative, <laughs> literal middle yeah. finger because they had Austin do it. Mm-hmm. Stuns both of them, has the beer bash and everything after the match and all is good in the world. That's the best part of the match. The end of it when everything's yeah. over. <laughs> but I, I don't buy it. Like I, I just don't understand why they think that that's going to work again. I do understand from the mainstream perspective because WWE is not just a wrestling promotion. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that it is... Sports en- it is sports entertainment. It is emphasis on entertainment. Mm-hmm. There is an E yeah. in the WWE. The E Along- is the most important letter in that. Right after wrestling mm-hmm. and world, there's entertainment. And you have to factor that portion of yeah. it in. As a hardcore wrestling fan, mm-hmm. an IWC guy, <laughs> all these people that want to hate on it immediately, I totally understand it. It's not what we want. It's not what I want. Yeah. I the last thing I want to see is Bill Goldberg walking back into the company at 50-plus years old. Looks great, but gas is out on his entrance. Mm-hmm. Coming out, winning the title off of somebody... Stark white goatee. Yeah. Winning the title off of somebody that I love, you love, in Kevin Owens yeah. that was doing great work as champion. I wanted to high heavens to see Jericho and Owens for the Universal belt because yeah. that... That feud has so much life to it. That feud has so much bad blood within it that to add the title to it would just push it even further over the edge. Brock versus Goldberg is a spectacle because of the two mainstream attractions Mm -hmm. that it is. People do not give a shit that this match is for that belt. Yeah. I'll just, I, I can say yeah, that. It didn't need it. The belt has I can no say that. I can say that flatly right now, and yeah. I don't think that I'm wrong. You're not. I don't think that that belt means anything on the shoulder of Bill Goldberg. It means less than it did when Rock came back and beat Punk for it. 
because you knew that Cena was going to get it, but at least you knew that Cena was going to be on Raw the next night right. with the belt. The best case scenario in this match is Brock wins, which he will, mm-hmm. and then he leaves either dropping the title the next night on Raw, which would totally defeat the purpose of the entire match right. and make Brock look like shit again, mm-hmm. unless you've stripped it from him, which they could do storyline purposes. I guess they could. Or he holds it until the next major date that he's contracted for, which would probably be SummerSlam, SummerSlam unless they really wanted him to work a battleground again, which... God knows. I they, don't foresee. Which God knows they need a reason for somebody to watch that pay per view. True. <laughs> my my least favorite pay per view on the entire pay per view docket. Is it just where it falls? Battleground was shit the first two or three years it existed. The one I, I'm not sure if it was last year's. What was last year's Battleground? If you remember, Battleground. This is was, a great tester question. I believe Battleground was in Newark, right? Yes, Rollins came back. Yes, and it was uh, it was Ambrose. No, it was Styles versus Reigns mm-hmm. two at Battleground, right? Because the yeah. original one happened at that was the night of the uh, no, infamous that was, no Asylum match, right? Extreme Rules. That was, was Extreme was, Rules. That was Extreme Rules. So Battleground was the month before that, then or after? Was this year's Battleground or last year's Battleground? It had to have been last year's Battleground when. Taker shows up like five, wait. when Taker shows up five minutes into the match between Rollins and oh, Lesnar. That was yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, um, that just when I thought that I was going to give Battleground a chance again, mm-hmm. that just that just <laughs> swiped it off the table immediately. That was one of the worst managing situations of a current champion I've seen in years. You mean with Seth? With Seth. Because Seth was already made... He was the chicken shit heel champion. Like, we understood that. He had J&J security. Mm -hmm. He couldn't fight his own battles, even though he would beat Ambrose in ladder matches that were awesome at Money in the Bank. He would get a couple of wins that made him look good, but then they would quickly pull the rug out from underneath him and make him look chicken shit again. I'm an idiot. Battleground was in D.C. I was at that show. Oh. (laughs) Well, it must must not have been very good. It it was good. I enjoyed it. That was the debut of Bailey. Um, I, I remember that now. Was that the because um, Sasha had Sasha needed a tag partner? Everybody yeah. said it better be Bailey. Yeah, the promo was all the them right holding thing. like the uh, the flags. Mm-hmm. It was a really good. I wanted promo those flags, for it. and then they yeah, produced I would have those. Loved to have and then they produced the flags, and they looked nothing like <laughs> nothing the flags like what we in the commercial. We had yeah Sasha and Bailey over Charlotte and Dana, the Wyatt <clears> family <throat> against the New Day. This okay. is right before the draft. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. There's another hot take that I need to drop on this episode. I remember I texted you months back about it, and it took me until now to get on the show to talk about it. So I have two takes that will get into this episode. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I remember that show. Here's a a little hint to it. Dean Roman and Seth Triple Threat. Yes, I remember that because that's when the title flipped twice. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) What? That was that was the only time that was the Wyatt feud, correct? With the mm-hmm. New Day, you just said. Yeah. So the only time that the New Day took anybody serious as tag team champions. Yeah. Okay. The just, only time. Just to, just to throw that out mm-hmm. there, little tease. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember if that was before but, or after the the Wyatt compound, the fake final deletion segment. I want to say that it was after because that feud came and went. Within like one pay per view, yeah, they didn't run with it at all. Which... They had a match on the last Raw mm-hmm. before the draft because they had that weird shtick where Wyatt kept like hypnotizing mm-hmm. Xavier Woods, yeah, 
and like it never led to anything. Yeah. Like he slowly started like unraveling. Like his hair was <laughs> uh-huh. his hair was going back to when he was just Xavier Woods and he mm-hmm. would do that weird boot to the throat yeah. <laughs> finish and like the somersault clothesline mm-hmm. out of the corner. And then nothing came of it. Then he just went back to being goofy Xavier again and the new day moved on to whoever it is that they marginalized next. Yeah, I don't remember. It might have been the club next, but I don't remember. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> it could have been, but yeah, I don't remember where the New Day went directly after that. I might as well just throw it out there now because mm-hmm. I'm being heavy-handed with yeah, it. Yeah, why not? I don't think the New Day were good tag team champions. Yeah, you didn't. I forgot you mentioned that. You said yeah. this to me a while ago. I not And that being said, because yeah, you I can enjoyed al- them. Because I can already... <laughs> if you opens the window, I would audibly hear... People out in the parking yeah. lot are already... People have torches. Looking up at you with disdain, right yeah. It's a who, 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 who. <laughs> it's like, it's not them. It's what they did to the rest of the division. And it's not just on them. Obviously, creative had a yeah. lot of factors in it. I understand why they broke. And I know this is one of Gary's big things. <laughs> he was scream- He was like fake angry but partially real angry yeah. that they broke Not demolition's totally record uh-huh. in real life because he lived through it it's yeah. just like uh, he wanted demolition to still have it but he had fun with it well if you I, remember they got booed one night when yeah. they mentioned they were about to break that they were about to demolish the oh, record Ga- and the gary was booing it. really loud it just sounded like a lot of people <laughs> okay that was yeah. all gary yeah it's a different vocal inflection that yeah. he gets when he really hates the idea okay. of something so now i know yes but um no, I understand why they had them break it, mm-hmm. because in a lot of ways, it's the same deal. Demolition's not blackmarked the way that A.J. Lee is by, yeah. by association mm-hmm. with Punk. It's the same thing that they did with Nikki Bella, where Nikki had to be the next yeah. longest reigning yeah, we champion have to, just do this. to just get A.J. off the books. Mm-hmm. They got Demolition off the books to basically solidify that New Day was tag team wrestling yeah. in 2017, 2016 WWE terms. They are extremely <clears throat> marketable. They're extremely. They're the hosts of WrestleMania, which to me is extremely uncreative yeah. for a team that is your greatest tag team champions, historically speaking, yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go off of that reign, they're just hosting yep. your big show this year. And giving they're, out ice cream, presumably. Yeah, they're multi-talented. <laughs> you have Up, Up, Down, Down, which has over a million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> for Good that. for Xavier. I know he listens to the show. He does. So it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I'll be really happy that we plugged them. Exactly. <laughs> they might get to two million really soon now. Yeah, they're <laughs> extremely marketable. They're great in all of the money categories. They're great at entertaining people. They're terrible for the wrestling aspects of the TV show that they're on. Mm-hmm. They marginalized the entire division. They never took anybody seriously. They joked at everybody else's expense every single time that they came out. They would get the Foley pop by joking about the town that they were in. Mm-hmm. Essentially was just the McFoley, like, right here. Yeah. <laughs> and such and such. Only they would do the Cena thugonomics thing where yeah. it was just like, I'm wearing this guy's jersey mm-hmm. this week. And Kofi would do the skipping and yeah. stuff like that. And it was so entertaining that at the beginning, I don't think people realized how much of a non-factor every other team around them was becoming mm-hmm. rapidly like you had a team in anderson and gallows jbl's the only one that puts over the fact that they are decorated tag team champions all around the world mm-hmm. and of course jbl's on smackdown yeah. so you never hear that uh-huh. on raw anymore even though they are champions mm-hmm. they were marginalized extremely quickly they became a non-factor they they were reduced to testicle jokes yep. and doctor costumes and, and calling people nerd yeah and calling people nerds 
and doing watered down and it's not even a PG thing. It's just it's not good content. Mm-hmm. It's just watered down. The not, old day. It's watered down. That the old day is the worst segment mm-hmm. in recent WWE history. Yeah. As far as playing something for laughs, because mm-hmm. it's the most unfunny, terrible thing. Like New Day actually regressed from that. I think in a lot of people's yeah. eyes, like it didn't like oh it's a death knell for me. Like oh they're not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. They were still great. They were still really outgoing, personable, marketable. But the old day was the pinnacle of just when I 100% solidified the idea. I was just like, they are killing the tag team division. Because they were untouchable. Every time that it looked like somebody had the up and up on them, they would also win with heel tactics. Yeah, They would do the free bird rule, which was a heel tag team maneuver with a stable. Yeah, Xavier would interfere. Yeah, he would interfere. They would win via roll-ups grabbing the tights. Yeah. Or feet on the ropes or things like that. They would taunt their opponents. They would win on three-on-two situations. They consistently cheated, but because they were entertaining, they were baby faces. Mm -hmm. It made no sense. From a wrestling standpoint, the New Day shouldn't have made any sense. From a marketing and entertainment standpoint, they were gold. Mm -hmm. That's why they broke Demolition's records. That's why they were able to hold the belts that long. Because at the end of the day, there was nobody else once they beat everybody for them to fall to. Mm -hmm. Like, I can imagine the creative meetings where it's just like, well, we've we've spun our wheels this long. They basically have to beat Demolition because A, they've earned it from the marketing standpoint, and B, nobody's believable to beat them. Right. (laughs) Nobody. Like, I remember having conversations. I probably talked to you about it at one point. I talked to Russ. I talked to Ryan. Mm -hmm. Any of my wrestling friends, I talked to Gary about it. It's like, when are they going to lose the belts? And it it would be met with either, oh, uh, Anderson and Gallows will beat them, or... Why do you want them to lose the belts? Right. In most situations. And it's just like, I don't want them to lose the belts. I'm just curious where they're going with it. Because it seems like there's no direction at all for the tag team titles. Yeah, it's not like they had... Well, they they started to build Sheamus and Cesaro at the end of that run. Um, Which, by the way, they just allowed a makeshift team of two single superstars, a la the two-man power trip, mm-hmm. to just show up. And just, oh, well, we drank together a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> we got in one fight together. At an APA ripoff yeah. bar backstage with Tessa Blanchard looking fine as the yeah. day is long. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to beat the most dominant tag team champions in WWE history? Mm-hmm. Just two dudes. And they lost it, what, the next week after breaking it, right? Yeah. Like, literally within, like, eight to ten days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do agree with that. Like, they, they didn't have anywhere left to go, and now... The tag team division on Raw is in complete shambles. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Because my bottom line question for people is, because I understand this is going to be divisive. Mm -hmm. I understand that people love the New Day. I love the New Day. I love each individual member. Mm -hmm. They're great. They're extremely entertaining. They just weren't good for the tag team titles or the division when they held the belts. My question is, what did they do for the division? Were you looking forward to the New Day defending their tag team titles? Mm-hmm. Or were you looking forward to the New Day? Well, that I mean, that's an easy answer. People were looking forward to just seeing the New Day. Yeah. The belts were an accessory. Which is why they are hosting WrestleMania, because they know these guys don't even need to have a match. Nobody cares. The New Day have been doing pointless bullshit mm-hmm. for... How many months have they not had the titles at this point? I think three or four. 
Yeah, they as, lost them in December, maybe? Yeah, as soon as they lost the belts, and as soon as they failed to recapture the belts, it immediately became, they're not on TV, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. for one, two, or three weeks, to the point where people are just like, okay, where's, yeah. the, where's the New Day? <laughs> I need my fix of the New Day. I need some trombones. I need some unicorns. Mm-hmm. I need Biggie shaking his ass and yelling at me. Yeah, Xavier's chic boots. Yeah, his chic boots. <laughs> need all that stuff. You can get up, up, down, down on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one million subscribers, by the way. You can get all that stuff, but when it was gone, you noticed that it was gone. You didn't notice, you weren't pining for them to be the tag team champions anymore because by that point, the belts were on another team and the belts didn't make that team. Yeah. And I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus were an interesting tag team. Mm -hmm. I liked the idea of them beating them because it was at least somebody to come along and beat them. But by no means did it feel like this climax of like, oh, finally, somebody knocked them off the mountain. Yeah. It felt like, of course, they're going to lose. Because were you at the Raw? In Philly? I was not at that Raw, no. Me, Gary, and Russ were at the Raw when the, two when the, in one when night, the New right? Day broke Demolition's record. Which, we just have a habit, for whatever reason, of being at monumental, important res- yeah. wrestling events. Hopefully, on the 27th of this <laughs> month, when me and Russ go, mm-hmm. and Gary, it's similar. Are you going to be there? I don't know. I was going to be... And then Goldberg winning the Universal Championship made me very reluctant to spend my money on a Raw ticket. You know he's going to stand tall mm-hmm. on Raw, too. I do. You're going to have to watch him spear Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. But you'll you'll get your comeuppance. You'll, I will. You'll see Brock. I'm, I'm so confused. Does Brock just annihilate him I'm so WrestleMania? Com- like- that's the thing. I'm so <laughs> confused on how they're going to do this. Because, first off... The only way that this WrestleMania card-wise can disappoint me, because right now I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to pretty much everything on it in one way or another, especially the SmackDown stuff because it's more fleshed out. Yeah. <clears throat> but you have Jericho and Owens and stuff on Raw. That can't be the main event. I don't see a reality where it's the main event, realistically, just because it's going to be a four-minute main event. But... There's a little part in the back of my brain where I'm just like, Goldberg's going to main event WrestleMania he this year. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Um, he came out and gave Punk a hard time on Twitter about when? this is when he had his main card fight, his one UFC fight. Oh. He, he, you know, he, he talked trash on him for. It's like, oh, you're a tough guy, but you step in there. Well, it wasn't that. It was more like you took a spot from someone who's. <laughs> whose life is this, and you took that away from them. So I tweeted him from the Matt Madness podcast Twitter account. Official. Saying, so does this mean I won't have to see you at WrestleMania? I remember seeing that. And he said, nope. And Wait, he tweeted back at you? Yeah. I said, And I thought, good. We actually talked about it on the show at one point. It was like, we got breaking news. Goldberg will not be at WrestleMania. And now, all of a sudden, Bill Goldberg, who was gone for t- 12 years, mm-hmm. who was never good at wrestling in the first place, who can't wrestle, can't talk, all of a sudden, now you're main eventing WrestleMania? Uh-huh. So it was not cool for Punk, who was actually in a real fight with somebody, mm. to get that spot because he was going to sell pay-per-views, and Dana White knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay for you, 
who's not generating the same... I don't think he's generating the same level of interest that Punk's fight did for UFC. Right. Now you're main eventing WrestleMania. Goldberg's like the real-life Drax the Destroyer character <laughs> that Batista plays from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Irony isn't even a construct to him. Yeah. I don't think he even understands... Well, I'm looking forward to tweeting him about it. I don't think he even understands the irony of the situation that he yeah. now resides in, considering that he did send that out to one of the most notoriously outspoken former wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Punk probably didn't think anything of it because he was just like, who gives a shit? I respect that about it's Punk. It's Bill Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Who cares? At the end of the day, like, does it really matter? He came back and his entire selling point, which, of course, to the casual people, you had some other people on that one guy is a Goldberg fan, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to rip him. You can be a Goldberg fan. Mm-hmm. I'm When I say that I think this is bullshit, Especially if he's main eventing with your, which you're looking at me in the eyes and telling me, Derek, he's main eventing. Yeah, and there's, this I have year. no doubt that he's the main. They're the main event. It is not about people who like Goldberg. Mm-hmm. That's those are not. That's not what I hate. I hate the idea that they still think that they need Goldberg. Yeah. To go and grab him and bring him in at, at what 51, 52 years old. Something God, like that. God yeah. bless him. He looks good. <clears throat> but again, he's in shape. He's not in ring shape. Yeah. Completely different things. Brock is in better ring shape than him, and Brock can only work about 12 minutes mm-hmm. before that starts breaking apart. There's a reason. <laughs> like, I, It just blows my mind that people still believe. Like, I think there's people out there that are the big Goldberg fans and stuff or people who just are the casuals that are getting brought in by this stuff that truly believe that Goldberg is just capable of destroying these athletes in a minute and a half or two minutes a champion like kevin owens getting beaten in two minutes brock lesnar who broke the undertaker's streak who's beaten everybody on the roster up and down beaten john cena multiple times is getting beaten by a 51 year old man with three moves yeah on pay-per-view yeah and and people are buying that Uh as an actual reality like, oh, if Goldberg wanted to, he could keep wrestling with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, here's the here's the truth. Here's the truth right here. Goldberg is only capable of doing what he's shown you. Yeah. That is what scares me. Mm-hmm. That's what scares me about the main event of WrestleMania, because if he is the main event, if that is indeed set in stone absolutely what's going to happen, there is no more deflating way you could end the biggest show of the year. Yeah. Because what's, cause what's going to go on right before it? Are you, are you going to put the well-thought-out and strung-along Orton versus Wyatt match on? Are I don't you, think so. Are you going to shoehorn Shane versus Styles in there? I don't think they'll do that either. Is it going to be the women's match? I think they might stick the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal right before it. Which, by the way, what the hell, Shaq? <laughs> I know. Like, like dude. <laughs> dude, you see Big Show went after him? Yeah. Oh, I, so I appreciate that he did that. There, there's two things, actually, that, that you made me think of right here. One, I was glad you brought up that this is not about people who like Goldberg. Because, like, that's, I just said at the top of the show, my whole thing with wrestling is, like, you like what you like. And it's cool that you like what you like. Like, we yeah, don't all have we, to like we the would same be, thing. We would be going off message yeah. to go against Goldberg fans. Yeah. We're inclusive on this podcast, as mm-hmm. well as False Can Anywhere podcast coming soon. Yeah. And Dan Johnson, who is a Goldberg fan... Was a Goldberg fan. We we talked about this on the show. It. He was a fan from the time he was a kid, and he said I liked Goldberg because to me he was like a real life superhero. 
And which is what he was. And to him, to somebody that age, he's like what Hulk Hogan was to somebody like me or Gary. Right. Hulk Hogan's not the greatest worker in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but he was larger than life. He was a real life superhero. Mm-hmm. And then you have that nostalgia for that person. You always kind of have. Like they have like their hooks in you a little bit, mm-hmm. so but but you're right. The idea that WWE was thinking like you know what we need, we need Bill Goldberg back. It's like one he was not a WWF guy, mm-hmm. he was a WCW guy, and I, I've explained this. A lot of my hatred for him stems from me just being so anti. You had a legitimate turf war. Yeah, during the Monday like Night Goldberg Wars. Goldberg was wearing the wrong color bandana exactly when you were a kid. Exactly, and you were just like. <laughs> Mean mugging them from yeah. across the street. Yeah, the the other thing is, um, actually, I forget what the other thing was. Now I was going to mention if they do put the the battle royal before that, that's like an awful way for them to end this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because that literally the battle royal is the death knell of the show. Because mm-hmm. with the exception of Corbin winning it last year and getting a brief little run of making it kind of sort of mean something, that was dead on arrival. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal could have legitimately meant something. Mm-hmm. But the first year that they did it, they bombed it. The follow-up on Cesaro eliminating Big Show by doing the Andre kind of slam, mm-hmm. like the yeah. Hogan slam mm-hmm. over the top rope, the pop was enormous when he won that match. It meant something. Mm-hmm. Now, after pairing him with Heyman, which in theory, I guess, seems like a good idea because, because Vince's thing was like, he's Vince, missing something. And Vince thought that he was too Swiss or whatever mm-hmm. the hell the reasoning was because apparently he can't talk yeah. if he's Swiss, even though he's one of the most over people anyway, regardless <laughs> of that, because he's great in the ring. But that's just a Vince thing. Yeah. For all the good things that he's done, you just keep getting caught up in those spokes. It's, it's just crazy to me. They set him with Heyman after that match. And then all Paul Heyman talked about was Brock Lesnar. It was the immediate worst possible thing that could have happened following up that match. And now fans instinctively know it's not the women's match anymore because women's wrestling is thankfully super relevant mm-hmm. and important mm-hmm. now on the card. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is the ceremonial piss break yeah. of WrestleMania. It's what the Vicky Guerrero Invitational was at WrestleMania 30. Yeah, dude, I watched, I sat down and watched that multi-diva, like, ten-diva tag thing on the Mm pre-show of last year's WrestleMania. I got up and took a piss in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I came back. Who won? Corbin? Sweet. That's actually kind of interesting. All right, good. At least somebody who matters. Oh, wow. The trophy's not gold anymore. It looks like cheese. (laughs) The cheese. He won the cheese trophy. Yeah, he won the giant Gouda. You know what? what I give them credit if they did craft it out of cheese. It's Kraft, impressive. is that sponsorship? <laughs> no, but I'm glad. I like where your head's at. Gotcha. I was about to say, I didn't know if we were moving up in the world yet. Not yet. I didn't know if the podcast had but, formal, but formal sponsorship. You clearly have an eye for branding that I can yes, appreciate. <laughs> yes. Well, we still need to set up those stands. We do. At the Icons Festival. We will. We will be there. I have the table. Um, Got to go and sit back and talk with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Some local businessman. Exactly. <laughs> local business. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we got to do. Tommy Dreamer, I feel like I can call him a local businessman. You can. Uh, well, he's bringing business to us locally. It's essentially what he is. At this he point. did business here for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I look like I look forward to it, and uh, I know you'll be there. Yeah. I'm assuming Bubba's going to be there too, isn't he? Uh, I assume so. I'd he's like to. Be, I'd like shows. to talk to him about ECW stuff. 
Because that'd be awesome. I don't know if you watched that roundtable. I still haven't watched it's it yet. It's like so one of those things I just keep forgetting. So good. I always forget about it until someone says it. There aren't many things listed under the network originals tab. Mm-hmm. Like it'll have like network exclusives. Yeah. Like the originals are great by and large that they've put out, but on the exclusives you usually have like a watered down bad King of the Ring. You have a sneak preview of the Macho Man, sneak preview of the Sting DVD, like stuff that goes way, way, way back. This is probably the only thing actually worth watching on mm-hmm. that little tab. And it just popped up out of nowhere. The true story of ECW with Paul Heyman, Tommy Dreamer, both of the Dudleys, Devon and Bubba, and Taz. <laughs> and Taz, for anybody who's ever listened to me talk about wrestling before, is the gift that just keeps on giving. Whenever he opens his mouth, it's just... It's a waterfall of things that I just enjoy making fun of. <laughs> like he's he's my favorite bad commentator at anything ever. He he. So you you like him because uh, I've heard other people that are I not actually fans. I actually legitimately do like Taz as an in ring talent. Mm-hmm. As a commentator, I love how bad he is, and that he's completely lacks any self awareness about how bad yes. he is. <laughs> yes, I like his phrases mm-hmm. that nobody else uses. Uh-huh. <laughs> I liked the fact that when I was a kid, I would watch like 2006, 2007 era SmackDown, where you had MVP, the current U.S. champion, doing random basketball challenges against challenger Matt Hardy. Like they were trying to do like the Nike anything you can do, I can do better thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I bet I can shoot more three pointers than you, Matt Hardy. <laughs> it's like, just have a title match. It's like, no, we're going to meet in the VIP lounge and shoot some hoops. Yeah. <laughs> and you have Matt Hardy like going up three three letters in horse to MVP <laughs> on the VIP lounge. And Taz will be sitting on commentary. Michael Cole will be trying to take it seriously. And Taz will be like, oh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's out here. He's out here, he's hot-dogging. You know what what Matt Hardy is? He's a hot dog. That's a hot dog. I don't like hot dogs. Do you enjoy the New York accent? Yes. Because I know the New York accent is part of what grates on some people about him. From Red Hook. (laughs) Yeah. Do you like him as a podcast host? He's funny, dude. Like, that's the thing. Like, I can't get enough crazy shit that Taz says. Do you like that he thinks Ronda Rousey losing to Holly Holm was a work? (laughs) <laughs> it's it, it all just comes together with a nice little bow on top. Like every every piece of information I learn about Taz, what he said, what he had for breakfast, just what he thinks about anything in general is just always a gold mine that I can't wait to just get my pickaxe at. So you love it no matter what. Yeah, it's 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 the shit that I can't get. I can't, I can't get away from listening to bad Taz takes. Yeah. That dude is addicted. Addicted to soundboard sounds. Is he really? See, I've oh, never yeah. listened to his podcast. Like little drops on soundboards, addicted to him. You can ask Russ, you can ask anybody, you can listen to one episode of the Taz show, get 15 minutes in, you'll hear about that many sound <laughs> drops. He I also, find that kind of endearing, though. He also refers to anything or anybody as such and such Jones. Uh-huh. So, so like if, if his producer is just like Oh, so are you ever going to tell me, like, how did you work out that match with Sabu in old ECW? It's like, oh, oh, trying trying to peek behind the curtain, Jones. <laughs> trying to get trying to get the inside scoop. Is peek behind the curtain, Jones, one he actually, is that a direct, you've taken that from him? Paraphrased, but it with? pretty much is exactly what he said. <laughs> like, that's how he reacted to the guy asking him. This is his producer. It's not a caller. That is great. Just a guy that is always on the show with him. Did he allow a peek behind the curtain or no? 
No. <laughs> Would he ever? Or is he very? Is he? Does he guard that stuff? He really didn't say that much on the ECW panel. He was just. It was funny because they roasted him, and it was just really funny <laughs> to watch Taz just get classic Taz worked yeah. up, like he, like he was getting kind of heated at the other end of the table, and it was just really funny. He's like, I don't understand why everybody's just ripping me over here. <laughs> I just saw something. I think the other night. I think we were at. Uh, at X House after mm-hmm. uh, it might have been after Fastlane, mm-hmm. and he put on that like whatever that ECW like most outrageous moments whatever the heck that thing great was, like, countdown the top, the top yeah 50. it is awesome mm-hmm. yeah because they did that with the 100 for SmackDown yeah. and Raw they did the 50 for ECW that was right. an awesome show which is insulting to ECW it is that they think that there were more outrageous moments in regular Raw and SmackDown yeah. programming than ECW but seeing Taz in his original incarnation with like the hair. Is so weird. Oh, I dude, forgot the Tasmanian looked, Devil. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird, dude. He has he has some of the coolest. He has some of the coolest shit though. Like some of his <laughs> some of his quotes. Like they even worked it into his WWE intro. It's the boom 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 mm-hmm. boom with the thirteen. Yeah, popping up and stuff like that is like survive. And if like I the let. the flat line. Yeah, <laughs> survive if I let you. That kind of thing. <laughs> he had some great delivery. Like if you take Taz and you put him in a ring, Taz in the ring, great. Mm-hmm. He he was the human suplex machine, even though that title formally belongs to Kurt Angle. Yeah. If anybody the argues most that gorgeous suplexes you've ever seen. Yes. Also, Kurt Angle holds a special part in my heart for multiple reasons, but he has the most beautiful moonsault. Oh yeah. In wrestling, and he never hits it. Yeah. Every single time he comes up short. You know who may rival it? Of all people, Charlotte. Yeah, with just like the yeah. ease. I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah, with. it's funny because we've talked about this a lot. How good, not that Angle's underrated, because I think Angle gets a lot of love in the wrestling community, and people definitely appreciate his athleticism and the work he did in the ring. Mm-hmm. But his moonsault comes up a lot for that reason that he never hit it. But Charlotte just everything about her moonsault—it's flawless every time, and it, she makes it look. Like the simplest top rope move you could ever possibly do. Yeah. Even if she's doing it from the top rope to the floor. What's even more incredible about it is when you... Charlotte, I like to look at as like the measuring stick. Not in the Triple H way. Mm-hmm. Not as like, I'm the only diamond yeah. in this business. Like that kind of way. This business. This business is in my blood. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Charlotte is so much taller than everyone else in the Raw Women's Division, mm-hmm. that it's almost comical. Yeah. So when she goes up and she does, because she's so leggy, when she gets mm-hmm. up there and she does the moonsault, like, it almost looks like she's crashing onto the little people from, <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like, you'll have poor Bailey on the outside, and she'll go to catch her. It's just like Charlotte looks like she's double her size yeah. when she lands on her. Yeah, That's that. Was, to me, that was one of the things that I always found. So I was not in on NXT early. I didn't have the WWE Network till You weren't in the know. No, not at all. Right. I wasn't watching wrestling at all. Right. So NXT, I'd see like a commercial, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, okay, like whatever. Um, then I started to like jump in after WrestleMania 30. I, was, I would say I was a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Then I was going to the Rumble in January of 2015 here, right here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, Cheap pop. Yeah, but I started thinking like, you know what? I, I need to start watching Raw every week and really get all the way back into this if right. I'm going to enjoy this show. And is the 2015 one 
Yeah, the 2015 one in Philly, yeah. Yeah, and Roman, right. Roman the year won, before, I believe The year before, I believe, is the one where Alexander Rusev yeah. debuted. Yes. From ECW. And Batista won that one. Yes. Um, but and December, people really wanted Roman to win that Yeah, one. they did. Yep. December of 2014, it was like, this was like right, right before Christmas. It must have been like a Saturday or Sunday. I'm off from work, or maybe it was even a, a day it snowed and I got out early. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Let me check out NXT. And I just happened to turn on, like, the most recent one. And this is, I believe, either the week or two weeks before NXT TakeOver, Rival maybe it was. I never remember which one it was. The first, well, are we talking about the first special? This was, no, this was the one where (laughs) Sammy finally won the title from Neville. Whichever one that was. Our Evolution. Our Evolution. I'll never forget that. That's That's still, to me, the best NXT match. Actually, now that I think about it, I didn't seek out NXT. I turned on the network, and it was just on. Right. So this was towards the end of this episode. Like I said, it was either the week before or two weeks before our evolution. And it was We're Charlotte so- had just had a match. Okay. And Sasha came out onto the stage wearing the, if you're going to do it on the back, it said do it like a boss, with the like a boss taped over right. the do it with flair. Do it with flair, yeah. And I remember just thinking, I had no idea who Sasha Banks was. I knew who Charlotte was because I knew she was Ric Flair's daughter. the beginning of your love affair. It, well, Sasha. that's the thing. It wasn't even that. It was like, I heard her talking. I saw her look. Her theme music fit her look perfect with the, mm-hmm. the like, maroon hair. Right. She comes the, out the to Kanye that music. Shades. Yeah. The, the, the music. She had that attitude. And seeing that on the shirt, I'm like, she's even, like, cutting into her with the t-shirt. I was mm-hmm. like, that's great. Right. The promo was great. She did, like, the flare strut, yeah. and she wooed, and I'm like... I don't know who this chick is, right? but she's an awesome heel. I love her. Right. And I watch Our Evolution solely because I wanted to see what happened in that match. Like, I got hooked mm-hmm. that fast. Yeah. And I can honestly say it wasn't like, oh, I think I think that girl's so hot. It was like, I like this performer. Believe me, Ron, we've gone over this so many times. Very before. many times. We know that you fell in love with her when you met her in public. I did. But up until that point, and still to this day... Your infatuation with Sasha Banks is largely due to the fact that she's arguably a top five, top ten wrestler, male or female, on the entire roster for both shows. Exactly. I tune in. I, I want to watch just that match. I'm like, I have to see what happens. And I'd never seen either of them wrestle before. Mm-hmm. And about eight minutes into this match, I'm thinking, like, this is actually a really good match. Like, women are doing this now? Mm-hmm. And then we get a this is awesome chant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... And these people love it. Mm-hmm. Sasha, I remember, she took a spear from Charlotte and actually went inside out on the spear, which I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Was this the was this the one-on-one match? This was a one-on-one match okay. um, where Charlotte won. And then okay. I believe the next big event, the next they one had was the fatal four-way, four-way when Sasha with, won. With all four of the four mm-hmm. horse women. Yes. Um, so this one, I remember. Like, that was when goes, Becky was briefly aligned with, with Sasha. With Sasha, yes. Yeah. But Sasha goes inside out on a spear, which I'm like, usually the spear leads to flat on your back, mm-hmm. not going inside out. Right. And Again, the size difference between yeah. the two. But that was like part of what made that rivalry cool was Charlotte was just so physically imposing, yeah. whereas Sasha, you, you almost worry. This is why she can work as a baby face because she has that built-in sympathy of mm-hmm. she's just so much smaller than everybody. Yeah. She's so skinny. She's so small, 
he like even Bailey, who's not huge, yeah. makes Sasha look small. Becky makes Sasha look small. Yeah. The That's... only one Sasha looks big against is Alexa Bliss. Yeah. And everybody does against yeah. Bliss. Even though <laughs> as you covered on the show and Alo was brought mm-hmm. up and Eric had spoke on the subject, mm-hmm. Bliss doesn't appear small in the ring because she carries herself with so much mm-hmm. indignance yeah. when she comes to the ring. Like she's so disgusted with everybody who showed up to the show unless they're cheering for her. Yeah. Like, she's so... I I beat a dead horse on this, but I've said it so many times. I don't know... I don't know if I could say 100%, even in hindsight, that they called up all these women at the wrong time, but Bliss would have been such an amazing NXT Women's Champion if she had been able to do that first. But from what she's done, she didn't even need it. Yeah. Like, I had, I don't think many people had any idea, other than Bliss and a couple people around her in the business, probably, that she was capable of being this good on this level. Like, SmackDown is the A. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody thought that. I, because I thought, I thought she had something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when did you think that she had something? When she turned heel? Because she was, she was just that. doing the fairy sparkle yeah. bliss. It, it was when she was still that, but it actually was at the. Whatever, it was either the first or second night of NXT being live at the Tower Theater, right. just outside Philadelphia. And I remembered seeing live, like, she does that little, like, kind of twirl under the rope into the ring. Uh-huh. And she does the, well, it's the Twisted Bliss now. It was mm-hmm. called the Sparkle Splash. Sparkle before, Splash. Right? Yep. I just remember thinking, like, she clearly has good athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought, like, there. There's some little spark there that I see. I don't know if they'll ever get to it. Yeah. And then she turned heel. And I remember thinking at first when she turned heel, like, I don't know if this is for her. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like her first promo as a heel, I was like, I'm not buying it. She was, Eventually, she was very she much really... relegated to valet for Blake and Murphy, who were the tag champions. Yeah, it was just time. like mean girl with no substance. Right. And then and she as started she, adding that claw. Yeah. She had the claw... That's another thing. At the Performance Center, we were in promo class, mm-hmm. and they asked Alexa Bliss, you know, go in, cut a promo on Bailey. Mm-hmm. She gets up. I don't know if she had had worn the claw yet on TV mm-hmm. at this point. This was September of 15, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets up on the apron. She holds the claw up and kind of, you know, does the thing with the hand. Right. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then she cuts a, a promo on Bailey, and I'm like, okay, maybe this is for her. Mm-hmm. And then she grew into that role, like, week by week. Yeah. And i that's what I thought. I thought, her and Carmella both, mm-hmm. like, you need to, I wanted to see Carmella turn heel on Bailey, because mm-hmm. I was like, this would be good for Carmella well, to learn. Well, until the call-ups that that absolutely mm-hmm. was going to happen. Yeah, because she wanted to have that title match they with her. had the whole Bailella thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that would be good for her to learn how to do something else <laughs> while she's down there, because that's where you learn. Right. Um, and I thought it would have been nice to see Alexa Bliss get a run in NXT. Right. But obviously they both get called up. And then Alexa Bliss immediately on SmackDown, I'm like, wow. Like, she actually somehow, in one week, is, like, ready for primetime. Yeah. And she, like, took the ball and ran with it ever since. She's the definition of taking the ball and running with it. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't looked back. Now, did you, did you, what she is now, did you see that coming, or do you think she exceeded even your ex- expectations? She exceeded my expectations 100%, because... I mean, I I can't even say that I had even the slightest idea that she was capable (laughs) of doing this. Well, because, I mean, you had the inside scoop going over to the Performance Mm -hmm. Center and seeing that. I thought that she was a good heel manager. 
I thought that she was going to gradually the get... Freddy Krueger with the stripes? Yeah, I thought she was going to gradually work up some wins. I thought she was going to be become... I thought she was going to become NXT Women's Champion largely by virtue of the fact that all four of the horsewomen would be gone. I thought that she would be a good foil for Asuka because at this point, I mean, you, you tend to forget how long Asuka's been women's champion. About to be a year. About to be a year, and conveniently enough, just as she's about to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> so you think there's no doubt she loses it? Yes. Okay. I, I think it's a very clear changing of the guard moment, and I think that they've done everything in their power to make Ember Moon look the part mm-hmm. of the person that could do it. She's She definitely has to work on promo. Mm-hmm. She definitely has to work on talking. She doesn't sell me. I feel when like, she speaks, and not to cut you off, that person. I'm, I apologize for that, yeah. but I'm glad you said that because this is something I've been wanting to talk to you about, mm-hmm. and it's just something I don't think of. But you mentioned the promo; she's got to work on it. No, it's not. Okay. It's not even that. Gotcha. They're awesome. Do you feel like anyone in NXT is getting better on the mic anymore? Like you mentioned, Ember Moon has to get better with her promos. Is anybody getting better? Is anybody getting better anymore? I feel like that. Like, the actual development part of a lot of this has stopped. Yeah. The character development it's kind is of di- not where it's, it used to be. It's kind of difficult because I I watched NXT this morning because usually I don't watch it on Wednesday nights. I'll mm-hmm. just catch up before I go on my route. Yeah. Like, before I'll just kill an hour. Like, yeah. I'll just watch that and basically catch up, and that'll be a cool start to my day. Mm-hmm. Watch some wrestling, drink some coffee, yeah. get caffeine, <laughs> and go out there and drop some boxes. But I watched it, and... It's still really early to tell with Ono, with Chris Hero, nicest guy I've ever met in wrestling. I remember you. I didn't talk Me to him. Me and Russ talked to him for you a half hour. You and Russ hour. loved him. Oh, dude, he was awesome. He was sitting there wearing like a notorious B.I.G. I'm not done yet. Okay. Yeah, I will take another one. <laughs> <laughs> it is 316 right <laughs> it after is. all. But um, Austin would want that. Yeah. He'd be disappointed if we did. Yes. But um, as far as speaking goes, as far as promos goes, the only person that, oddly enough, I'm giving credit to that consistently does well as far as embodying their character and cutting promos is Bobby Roode. He's the only person that really captivates me. But that's the case if he had that when when he got there. He came there with that. He came there with that but if you remember, I wasn't sold at all. That's true. You said it. he was an entrance. <laughs> he, well, to a degree. I mean, up until the Nakamura match, and I don't want to be that guy It's just like, oh, look who he was in the ring with. <laughs> he had a good match with Ono this week on NXT. It wasn't crazy, mm-hmm. awesome, ridiculous, but, I mean, it was a good match. He retains good match. You knew that you were getting Nakamura mm-hmm. versus Rude again at TakeOver, which Rude should retain, and Nakamura, I predict, will be on Raw. You think so? I predict he will be whether he goes. I to can't Ra- imagine Vince whether, whether he goes him off yeah. of Raw. Whether he goes to Raw or not is completely up in the air because obviously the draft, oddly enough, is coming up in a couple of months for that to happen mm-hmm. again. But he will be there, I believe, the night after WrestleMania. There's been reports coming out that he's getting called up soon. I think it makes sense. It wouldn't make any sense, even if it would be great for him to be a three-time champion. If he unseats Bobby Roode, there's nobody on the roster, even vaguely believable, to take the belt back from him. There's nothing else for him to do in NXT. No, I mean, he's been spinning his wheels effectively because Mm -hmm. it's Shinsuke Nakamura, Mm -hmm. and he can really do almost no wrong without even speaking. Yeah. But he's been there for too long at this point. He's reaching Balor 
levels mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, dude, we get it. You have like one match left. I feel like this and the Asuka match, Asuka will probably get a rematch and then she'll go. Yeah. But so you don't see her on one of the shows Monday or Tuesday night after all. I don't. I, or you I, don't see her showing up at Mania. We were theorizing maybe she, she shows up in that SmackDown women's match. See, there's an at idea. WrestleMania, but I don't. Yeah. I don't feel super confident that that's going to happen. I don't but feel it's an confident option. that it would happen. It would be. It would definitely blow the roof off of my head at least mm-hmm. as far as just surprise. Yeah, it would blow the roof off of Orlando too cuz that's that's the crowd Even that will know stadium, who she right? Is. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll put the roof back on. Yeah, it would blow the clouds away. <laughs> yeah. But uh it would change the weather. It would. That's, that's how effective it would be. Yeah, the weather pattern would be different. Yes, huge pop. Yeah. God would be like, "What?" But um no, I mean, as f- you asked me about characters as far yeah, as yeah, just do you do you promos. feel like NXT anymore? Are people getting are like the young is the young talent getting better on the microphone and in character? Because I feel like I'll tell you who's not who good on the microphone, and it's a damn shame because if he was even competent, and he's done good work in other promo in other promotions, he's so good in the ring. Roderick Strong, mm. Roderick Strong is a dead fish on the <laughs> microphone. Roderick Strong is not interesting in the least. When he speaks in the backstage interviews, very generic, very just. Uh, I just, I'm gonna do my best when yeah. I go out there. Not, not unlike Dolph Ziggler. I was gonna say with, Ziggler-esque. With, yeah, without the show-off elements mm-hmm. of it. So it's really just classic white meat baby face. It's like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm gonna give it my best shot, type of guy. Mm-hmm. And now you have this hodgepodge grouping of, basically the forgotten members of the roster, yeah. which is No Way Jose, Dillinger who is still there even after coming up in the Rumble. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Me neither. And then Roderick Strong, who is also just floundering with nothing else to do, taking on Sanity. And they're going to take them on at TakeOver, and they'll probably win, (laughs) honestly. They should not. They shouldn't. But honestly, I mean, do you see any of those three guys going to the main roster? Um, or do Roderick, you see one of them turning heel and they can well, have a program there? One thing I said about Roderick Strong, and I don't know if you're familiar with Josh Aguina, who we've had on the show a couple times. I did an unsanctioned with him yeah. about a month ago. And the first time he came in, I mentioned this about Roderick Strong. I said, he does nothing for me. To me, he's just like a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And like that's it. Like, Which is that, a shame because Roderick <clears throat> Strong is an incredible Wrestler between the ropes, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Put a microphone in front of his face, very bland. I'm gonna go take a piss. Yeah, now he 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 mentioned to me because I said I'd, I'd only seen Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor up oh. to that point, and I've seen Roddy in Ring of Honor. He was Mister ROH. Mm-hmm. He held every championship <clears throat> in the promotion. He was a big deal in Ring. He had of that Honor. great hour long draw with Jay Lethal. Yep, uh, I believe it was August of 2015. He was the TV champion. Yeah. Um, but that, this is what I said. To, I said to Josh, I was like, I don't see anything from him other than he's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he said, No, he's yeah, he's actually really good. And I said, Well, why didn't Ring of Honor? Like, well, I didn't see him do anything in Ring of Honor. He said, Well, that's because <laughs> I think he might have said Ring of Honor sucks. Oof. But basically, he just said Ring of Honor didn't do anything with him. So I, I may have to ask Josh what he saw of Roderick Strong and where, mm-hmm. so I could see what I missed because I have not been watching NXT enough. To know whether he's been any good or not in NXT, but I assume yeah. he's just been a generic guy who goes out and wrestles, and the crowd cheers because it's like, yeah, another wrestler. Yeah, and it's like, okay, but that's not going to help this guy 
down the line. Like I don't see him on the main roster. I could see Dillinger because only the because, ten, because the ten. Be, yeah, like it's they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Now something I mentioned on the show last it's night. It's like the yes. It's like what? It's easy. But it's like who, 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 who? Yeah, but it, but in some senses, the fans will get behind like one very easy thing you can say. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're necessarily behind the guy. Like when Ryback was in the company, still feed me more. people were yelling, "Feed me more!" And it's like, ha they like him. And then he put the U.S. title on him, and he sinks like yeah. A or or Swagger puts his hand over his chest, the and the crowd chants with the people, one, but they don't care about weird. him. That and, one was weird for a while. Because yeah. the way the people once started with a racist gimmick. Yeah, it was a Tea Party gimmick, basically, right? Yeah, it was kind that, of what that it one was. started with a <laughs> with a terror with a apropos racist against yeah. immigrant mm-hmm. <laughs> gimmick. And then Zeb Coulter ended up being paired up with Alberto Del Rio. Yep, and Del Rio, saw, America and Del Rio said saw nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. We're supposed to forget. We that are. Th- that didn't happen. We forget everything. I wasn't there live at WrestleMania 29 yeah. to watch a world title match between Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio. That didn't do it for you? That mess- That WrestleMania was so bad, dude. It, it was so bad. But, the, like, Ryan, Ryan, to his credit, consistently. That was the New York, cons- New Jersey yeah, WrestleMania. I had only known Ryan for... Hi, Ryan. I, <laughs> I had only known Ryan at that point for maybe a couple of months tops. This was like his freshman year of college, mm-hmm. my sophomore year of college. They were in the dorms. All of my buddies were on one yeah. floor, so I would always be there mm-hmm. in between classes and stuff. We were watching wrestling. And he would he literally got tickets, like nosebleed, but tickets to WrestleMania 29 at MetLife from his parents for either Christmas or his birthday. And he thought enough of me to take me. Somebody he only knew for like two or three months. So similar to this situation, mm-hmm. to go and do something insane like that to go and see the show, and we were hype. Obviously, WrestleMania. You want to go to as many of them as you possibly can yeah. if you're a wrestling fan, Regard- <laughs> regardless of what you think of WWE as entertainment or professional mm-hmm. wrestling. WrestleMania is always cool in its own special way. Yeah, there's not there's not really it's another a, thing like it. There's no spectacle <clears throat> like it. I mean this. The National Football League likes to pretend that they have WrestleMania once every year at the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they don't. <laughs> but they don't. because the They Super were lucky they got a tremendous game this year. Because the Super Bowl is a big deal in America. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bigger it's a, getting to be a bigger deal in Europe because you're broadcasting it there mm-hmm. and you're sending the, the bad games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, dude, if the Jaguars... At the, at, we'll dive into football Are they going really to be like the, the if, London Jaguars? If the Jaguars, point? after retooling again on defense, having A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. and Gibson as a safety, <laughs> and they got Barry Church from <laughs> Dallas, now they have Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, and uh, Fowler, the guy mm-hmm. that they drafted, on the other end. If that defense can't win them games this year and Blake Bortles is still bad, move them to England. Yeah. <laughs> they should be the London Jaguars because nobody in Jacksonville gives a shit about mm-hmm. them and London loves them. Yeah. London adores the Jaguars. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's the, it's, has there been a year? It's the London Jaguars. Yeah, I was going to say, has there been a year they've gone to London that the Jaguars weren't a part of it? Like, how many years in a row? Jaguars have there? always been a part, I think. I think that's, I mean, that's why. I mean, it makes sense because yeah. it's like if people aren't going to the games there, why not send them somewhere else? Yeah. And that's an advantage for the team that goes because, like, okay, it's a road game, but I mean, yeah. we're both playing in London. Yeah. It's not like they it's let. Re- it's my, it really is just a reaction experiment. Mm-hmm. It's like we introduced the Jaguars to Subject A, 
It's just like they were they're repelled by it originally <laughs> because it's so awful that we brought them this, they're actually mad. And then yeah. we bring it back the next couple of years and they're slowly <laughs> starting to be attracted to it. And then if we don't bring the Jaguars back in one of the seasons, they'll just be like, where are my Jaguars? Mm -hmm. Were you aware that back in the mid-90s, I don't know how true this is, mm -hmm. but I believe, I can't remember if it was... The Jaguars were good? No. Ah. They, they weren't there yet in the mid-90s. Gotcha. I think they were like 96 they started. I tried. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, one Jacksonville fan yeah. that's listening. <laughs> the Eagles were apparently, I can't remember if it was the Queen of England or if it was Princess Diana... I think I did hear wanted about to this. buy the Philadelphia Eagles. It was like an Eagles fan and wanted to buy the team. Yep, I heard. I that. don't know if that's true. It was in uh, it was in that incredibly well done now on YouTube uh, history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. So maybe that's where I saw. I mean, I remember yeah. reading it at the time. You're like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And people were. I, I remember like people here were terrified that they were going to move to Los Angeles mm -hmm. because L. A. had lost the Raiders the and the Raiders Rams and both. The Rams. Yep. L.A. needed a market, and people And now thought, they gains the Rams and the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where are they talking about the Raiders going? Dude, the Chargers, Vegas. That's what I thought. I was That's formally been agreed upon. Really? They're going to Vegas. It's just a matter of when they're going to Vegas. That's one that bothers me. Yeah. I mean, to a degree it bothers me. I'm not... Pardon the phrase. I'm not old enough. Yeah. To, 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 I'm not old like yeah, you I'm where not, I care I'm, about the Oakland Raiders. Exactly. You're old as dirt, Rob. <laughs> you're so old I forgot your name, Rob. <laughs> well, if you remember, when you were here with Gary the last time, I actually spelled my own last name wrong at the top of the show. So. Now, it's difficult. It happens in it this is. room. I would hate to have your last name as a kid. <laughs> that silent C would piss me off every yeah. time. The worst pronunciation. I've gotten Pascari. Piscari, all kinds of things. The worst one I've ever got was Pascarelli. Oof. I was like, I have not one single L in my name. Where did you come up with the Ellie part? There's a, the we name? just figured you were Italian, so yeah. everybody has that little I at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I figured we'd make you sound like a pasta dish. <laughs> and that's what it sounds it's like. People spell my first name wrong, which to me makes no sense because they overcomplicate it. Yeah. I think, for whatever reason, because the most famous Derricks that I know are Derek Jeter and Bo Derek. Both spelled D-E-R-E-K. Yeah, both spelled that way. Mm -hmm. That's the most famous spelling of the name Derek. I've seen everything from my school spell it wrong <laughs> on postage to send to my family. I've had peop I've had just people at like appointments. I've had fast food restaurants write it wrong. <laughs> and they always, the most common misspelling is they'll overcomplicate it and they'll add a bunch of shit that has no business being like in an name. extra R and an I C K. Yes, D <laughs> D E R R I C K is how they think that name is. So spelled. people of the '80s and '90s may be inspired by Derek Thomas of the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe, um, but yeah, there. You were actually surprised I spelled your last name right. Yeah. Which, well, the, well, the last name, the second C. I can understand people mm -hmm. missing. It's really self-explanatory. Yeah. If if you just basically just sound it out, it's Macaulay. Yeah. It's like, how do you think that that is? <laughs> You'll have some people that's just like M C C O L L Y, <laughs> Macaulay. It's just like, no, try again, buy a vowel. <laughs> yeah, you use the wrong ones. Yeah. Um, it's a good nickname. It's, it is. It's easy. It is it's very an, good. It's an easy Irish. Name. And it actually starts with Mick. 
Yeah. You know, like, there's not even... Exactly. <laughs> like, like it's the most stereotypical... It's not masquerading as anything else. No, like, I would never be mistaken for any other ethnicity than Irish. It's like the Guinness of Irish last names. Favorite beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My holidays tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we started the show talking about Goldberg and Lesnar, yeah. and we actually brought up CM Punk, mm-hmm. who famously, one of the reasons he left the company was the idea that... He was killing himself for the company. Mm-hmm. He was getting passed over for the prime spots for part-timers. Right. Um, what are What are your thoughts? Because obviously it's a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling of like, I get why part-timers come in and take these spots because it's like we can sell with these guys. But at a certain point, don't doesn't that prevent you from elevating new guys to those spots by always... Falling back on guys everybody knows from ten years or fifteen years ago. What I'd like to know your thought on part timers in these main positions. Whether you think it's it's necessary, whether you think it's actually holding WWE back from achieving something more in the future. It's difficult to say one hundred percent without it being a biased my personal opinion mm-hmm. or the internet fan opinion yeah. on things personal take on it is it depends on how you see the future of the company because technically speaking the future that is supposedly now that is on nxt it's not the future Mm -hmm. it's not young guys it's a bunch of people from the indies Mm -hmm. that are extremely over Mm -hmm. already which has been my problem with NXT to a degree, which I let it go because I just enjoy the show. Yeah. And I'm not part of the company yet <laughs> to give a shit yeah. one way or the other on it. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you ever hear of the Ouroboros? Yes. The idea of just the snake that just eats its own tail mm-hmm. and it just keeps going around yeah. and around and around. <laughs> That's WWE's methodology behind part-timers. They're not going to take away from that because they know that the casual fans, they don't do enough to get their current roster over, apparently, in their eyes to the casual market, even though they're available in more markets than any major sport in the entire world, including soccer. Yeah. They still don't think that these guys are over enough that they can carry a show on their own, so they need to bring back The Rock, who, to his credit, always does great things with the company. Mm-hmm. When Cena retires, Cena will constantly be back. You know he will. And we'll welcome him back, and people will probably even cheer him and wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hogan will eventually be back. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he brings casual eyes. He's Hulk Hogan. He's Hulk Hogan. He's one of the biggest stars of all time, mm-hmm. and it's not only just a company thing, it's a money thing. Yeah. If Hulk Hogan's going to be on a card somewhere, regardless of what happens in his past or his recent, recent past, yeah. he will be brought back in because he's a big enough draw that they can't afford to not ever bring him back into the fold. I still think Hulk There's Hogan right now is still the biggest star in wrestling, as in... Everyone in the world knows who, Hulk Hogan? knows who Hulk Hogan is. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is an enormous star. Mm-hmm. There are people I could add that, that Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin could walk by them right now and they wouldn't know it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. If Hulk Hogan walked into any room, every single person there knows he's Hulk Hogan. It doesn't hurt that Hogan is constantly wearing his own gear. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> he tells you who he is yeah. by his Hulkamania shirt or it's whatever. It's just like, guess who I am, brother? <laughs> it was just like, Hulk, we know. No yeah. no one else on the entire planet looks like you. Like I think I can, I think I wanted 
to believe Stone Cold Steve Austin was the biggest star in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So I was just going along with that. And then I realized G- Gary's that, jumping for joy. Yeah, but listening to Hulk this right Hogan, now. like I said, name recognition. Yeah. 100% for Hulk Hogan. But that's exactly the point. That's exactly what it is. That's why, I mean, that's the obvious answer to the entire thing. They're going to keep going back to the well because of a two-pronged approach to things. A, it's they know it works. Casual fans will keep coming back. Hardcore fans are not going to leave. They've shown that if they were going to leave, they're leaving in numbers that are small enough that it really doesn't affect their yeah, bottom line. It's not that impact. It doesn't affect their bottom line. Like if one, Their ratings on a weekly basis, whether you, people watch or not, is like so minuscule. Yeah, if you, me, and everybody we know that loves wrestling stopped watching WWE programming, we would not affect anything. <laughs> That's true. It wouldn't change a damn thing. All of us not watching line. next week, it would look like a normal fluctuation in Raw's ratings. I don't think we'd even make a dent. No, you don't, don't even think it would be that. I don't think we'd make a dent. <laughs> what, what is that? Like 15 people? <laughs> I think I could get a good 80 people. I still don't think that that would be like a blip. 80 people? I think I could get 80 or 90, maybe. And that, dude, I mean, they, get, they draw millions That's of true. people to watch this show. Nine, 80 or 90 people, they sweat that off. Triple H will just be like, whatever. He'll just go and go back to his workouts at 1 yeah. a.m. <laughs> It's 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 insane, dude. But I mean, that's the reality. They're too big to fail. That their situation, and it's a good thing. I don't want them to fail. I no, don't. I don't want. That's like a lot of fans. A lot of wrestling fans want TNA to just die already. And like I yeah, don't. I've never understood. And that. I've never understood that idea because that's taking food and drink away from the mouth of talent that could be growing mm-hmm. to eventually come to WWE. To work in front of you. Yeah, and clearly, imp- Triple H has his eye on all these other yeah, promotions, imp- trying to impress, take whatever is there. And impress you. I mean, me and Gary have talked about it multiple times before off the show, obviously, mm-hmm. even though this would be a great episode to just discuss the we'll ter- Keep it in the bank. To just discuss the territories, the territory yeah. system, and the fact that the death of the territory system, even though it gave birth to the modern WWE and the huge monopoly mm-hmm. that they have on professional wrestling, whether that's for good or for bad, despite WCW giving them real competition for that five or six year stretch. Yeah. The elimination of the territory system as it existed across the entire country really hurt professional wrestling mm-hmm. in a big way. JR talks about it all the time. Because it helped Vince's bottom line. It helped elevate professional wrestling as a medium and as a athletic competition, not a sport, but yeah. an athletic competition, mm-hmm. to a real mainstream level because people can say whatever they want about Vince. Yeah, he's out of touch. He's an old guy. You can't expect him to be 100% on top of every single thing. Yes, we want Triple H to start doing some more stuff. He's clearly doing more stuff. Give it a rest. Stop wishing for Vince McMahon to die. <laughs> Stop saying messed up stuff like that. You don't mean it. You're talking out of a, you're talking out. Of, it's like a little girl throwing a hissy fit yeah. in their room and like ripping up their teddy bears mm-hmm. and stuff. It's just like, what are you doing? Is are you a pro wrestling fan or are you just a you fan? Yeah. Are you just basically if it's not what I want to happen, this is dumb. It sucks. That you just hit on a huge problem in wrestling. Fans. A huge problem in almost any other medium is as a fan of Lost, mm-hmm. who admitted that about your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, Lost 
is a show that the last season did not live up to the expectations everybody wanted. with the finale. But a lot of people will watch something and be mad that it didn't turn out to be whatever their theory was. Right. And it's like, your theory is not what watching that show was about. Right. What that show was about was you watching the story unfold. Mm. They're not trying to prove you right. Right. Like, but everybody wants to be right, and everybody wants to think they figured everything out. Well, because we're that's all, how wrestling fans we're all are, born too. and endowed, and whether it grows or whether it doesn't, Vince talks about his all the time, an ego. Mm-hmm. As fans of something, we take in our hearts and in our minds partial ownership yeah. of something that we don't own a cent of, not a lick of. We have no creative control over this. Even as wrestling fans, we like to believe because the Daniel Bryan thing happens, like, oh, we shape programming. It's like, yeah. no, no, we don't. We don't. I just said it with the eighty people that we can get together to leave. Yeah. We don't shape shit. Yeah. If you get, to, if you, they realize that they messed up with Daniel Bryan because that was right in front of their face, mm-hmm. and fans did it in a live setting, at a show, and it worked because it organically got over. Yeah. Those same people now, or not even the same people, because I don't know if those people were trolls or they just really wanted it to work. Because I was disillusioned into wanting Daniel Bryan to get everything. I believe the Daniel Bryan thing was absolutely real. Um, And I think that's why it worked, because there was nothing about it that was put on. Right. We did a show, uh, we recorded it last night. It'll be released on Monday. It's part of the whole Throwback Madness Road to WrestleMania series. Each one of us picked a WrestleMania we wanted to review. Right. I picked WrestleMania 30, which obviously was when Daniel Bryan ultimately won the title. Um, Alo picked WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Because he really wanted to watch Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow yeah, in the main event. That. His favorite match. Yeah. Watch when I, Lawrence when I, when Taylor I one beat day... Bam Bam with a top rope clothesline. Yeah. When I one day do an unsanctioned with Alo, mm-hmm. so he can get all of his own personal opinions out. That would be his favorite match, Bam Bam against Wouldn't LP. that be weird? Wouldn't that just be like the show folding in on itself like a star? It would, but, I, but I'm strongly considering doing it. Yeah. I mean, because, I'd, li- I'd listen. Yeah, I, I think I want to do it with all three guys that are on the show. And unlike Raw, my listen would actually affect the bottom line. It would. <laughs> <laughs> it would, yeah. If you can get 80 people yeah. to either listen or not that listen, w- that might be I most, would notice. That might be the most successful unsanctioned of all time. Yeah, I, I would notice yeah. if, if you got 80 people to listen or not listen. Um <laughs> So, but but I said this. I was like that that night of him beating, you know, Triple H. Excuse me. You're fine. Beating Triple H. Austin. It's a great sound. Yeah, isn't Austin. It? Austin would salute you. Um, but Daniel Bryan beating Triple H, then beating Batista and Orton, also overcoming interference from Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, like. It was Daniel Bryan beating the Authority, but it was he beat like Evolution. Yeah, but it was like. We all, everybody who was watching wrestling at the time, mm-hmm. we all beat the authority that night. Yeah. it's like So the Daniel Bryan thing, I think, was 100% authentic and genuine. Everybody honestly was pulling for him, was on his side, wanted him to do it. And I, that might have been the, the last thing that was like 100% everybody's totally on board with. Yeah, and it came on the heels of... Because that was, what, 2013? 2014. 2014. So it was three years after the last thing like that that had happened, which in my mind was Punk beating Cena at Money Mm -hmm. in the Bank in Chicago. Yeah. Now, that wasn't as all-encompassing as Brian because there were still vocal Cena fans that did not want that to happen Mm -hmm. at all. But that was the watershed moment 
of the modern wrestling scene, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big punk fan, but I think objectively people can agree that's, if not the moment, one of the series of moments that set in motion this new breed of WWE that yeah. they're putting out right now, where that brought people that were disillusioned towards the product. It was PG. It wasn't what they remembered. It wasn't what they liked when they were kids. Mm-hmm. It's not Ring of Honor. It's not Lucha Underground, which didn't exist at the yeah, time. But they were still saying Yeah, they, yeah That's it, how disillusioned these people were. It's not were. that Robert Rodriguez promotion. <laughs> they were inventing Lucha yeah. Underground. That's how Robert Rodriguez they were. learns that through like a Reddit feed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that was huge. I mean, it can't be understated. It can't be stated enough how important not just the pipe bomb promo, but that match of not just Punk that winning, story, but just yeah. the way that that worked out happened. His contract was about to be up. Yep. At midnight, right that that evening, he wins, kisses, <clears throat> blows a kiss to mm-hmm. Vince. Who's in the ring and then escapes into the crowd to celebrate with the fans? Yeah, and leaves with the belt. Like leaves as far as Vince knew, as far as fans yeah. knew, like CM Punk, Phil Brooks may have just walked out of WWE yep. with Vince's title. And then when he comes back, it's with new music, mm-hmm. so people didn't even know it was him. Yeah, at first because he left with the Kill Switch Engage, mm-hmm. this Fire Burns theme song, which was awesome, mm-hmm. and then came back with the even more awesome yeah. Cult of Personality, which they bought licensed music to give to him, yeah. which is how you know anybody's over yeah. in WWE because they don't buy shit yep. as far as actual music for people to come out to. I think like there's only a couple examples in wrestling history. Most of them are WCW because Turner was just turning his pockets right. open for whatever. <laughs> but like Hogan came out to Voodoo Child mm-hmm. by Hendrix. You could have like so many different songs from, oh, w- yeah. from WCW. I know... And then Heyman's approach to it was he just didn't pay for it at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just do it. Yeah. Hey, hey you want to use Metallica? Go yeah. ahead. Who Heyman's cares? approach was we're just going to use it for liner. <laughs> yeah. People aren't going to notice that. <laughs> Sandman will come out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Did, how'd you get the rights for that? We didn't. No, we didn't. We just told him he could do it. I love Boyd. <laughs> Me too. He's, he's, like, he's the definition of a used car salesman. That like everybody tells you that you mm-hmm. should stay away from, and he's a shyster, and he's yeah. just no good. But you can't help but love him. Exactly. Because he's do you so, believe he's he ushered so, in the Attitude Era. I believe ECW. Without ECW, it wouldn't have exploded the way that it did. Just because you had the talent share going on mm-hmm. throughout the '90s with Vince and Paul as they struck that business deal. Yeah. Because I know that he brings up multiple times he never took a check, he never took a dime. From Vince McMahon, the only time that I think he says that he took money was the check for Flash Funk to Cold Scorpio <laughs> yeah. to use his music that mm-hmm. he had because it was licensed to some <laughs> some promotion or something in the area or some record label. So yeah. Vince just had to pay for that shit. But, yeah, I think ECW had a huge influence on not just WWE but wrestling as a whole. I mean, WCW obviously struck the first blow with the with the NWO and the Outsiders and all that stuff, they were edgy. They were real, mm-hmm. even though they weren't good for much else other than that. Because yeah. they eventually ate the entire company. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that at this point. <laughs> if you didn't watch, yeah, watch spoiler the, alert, watch the Monday Night Wars documentary that they have on the network <laughs> yeah. because it actually is really good mm-hmm. and really well oh, done. It's awesome. They retrack a lot, but if you don't know anything about it, it's effective. It's really good, but it's um it's all encompassing. 
carries everybody's story mm-hmm. forward. But yeah, having guys like the Sandman coming out with he was the original, uh, he was the original Bobby Roode. <laughs> he, he, he was just an entrance. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what he was. Only the difference was Bobby Roode got over with me. Mm-hmm. As far as getting in the ring once he yeah. came in the NXT, <laughs> that's what really that's what really burned me with Bobby Roode because when Bobby Roode came in, I just felt like they were holding him back. I felt like they weren't giving him carte blanche to be what he was in TNA with beer money mm-hmm. and the things that he did in TNA because he was very good in TNA. I knew what he was capable of. Yeah, there was a reason why people loved that guy. Yeah. People were so excited to yeah. see him in NXT. I knew what he was capable of, which is why I was so harsh in my criticism mm-hmm. of his debut when he was at Brooklyn 2 and he f- faces Almas, who completely upstaged him yeah. from an in-ring perspective. And he might have been the only guy that Almas upstaged. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this, po- at this point, what is Almas doing? Nothing. Almas is beating up Ho-Ho Loon. That, that's <laughs> oh, God. The worst guy in the Cruiserweight Classic. Poor Ho-Ho Loon. <laughs> I know. If that's any indication of how they're going to handle these um, incoming Chinese recruits for the company, travesty. I don't think that's how they'll handle them in bin, general. Bin, I think that's bin just Wang. Yeah. You don't think <laughs> Ben Wang's going to work out? I think, I think he might. I, don't, I mean, one thing I will say, I know that they would love... To get one guy, mm-hmm. like even if it's just one, one guy that will get that entire market to go crazy. Can um, Yao Ming just like have a kid and you just wait and Yao Ming's kid can be like the next I one? I mean, I'd love that if we got like the next Andre the Giant, only yeah. he was, you know. Big Giant Baba. Yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> if you can get the next Giant Baba. <laughs> yeah, come that'd in. be great. Only he can like work. As long as he has better feet than Yao Ming had. Yeah, and doesn't get injured as much. But yeah, if he could stay relatively healthy. To work like a, uh, he doesn't have to work a full time load. Honestly, for me, a guy like that, if he only works TV, that's good enough. You know what? There's another thing to commend the Big Show for. Mm-hmm. Totally out of left field, but I'll connect it. He gets plenty of credit, even though people have to just retire and all yeah. that stuff going on. That but really upsets me. It's stupid. It's it's just childish shit, and it's it goes back to the age old thing of basically. I mean, we've agreed on it before. We've talked about it. As much as this program that you're listening to right now, I'll break mm-hmm. the fourth wall again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, listener. This show that you're listening to right now is for you, mm-hmm. but we're talking about wrestling from our own minds and we're mm-hmm. not placating to you. If you enjoy it, that's great. If you don't, that's great too. Mm-hmm. We're just basically shooting the shit, talking yeah. about something that we're passionate <laughs> yeah. about. But the problem is some people get it in their minds that it is theirs and theirs alone. And if they don't think somebody is worthy of being on their show anymore, it's time for them to go. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that guy's too old. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. it's time for him to flip heel and face again 50 times <laughs> in one show. That one's funny. That one's funny. I laugh, it is funny. I laugh at that, but it's... But also, that's not his fault at all. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. Like, some people... You ever have a conversation with somebody as a wrestling fan and you really think that you're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. of understanding what pro wrestling is and the ins and outs of it as much as you can as a fan yeah. for not actually being a part of that world? Right. Don't want to sound too smarky there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you feel like you're on the same wavelength of understanding, like, it's creative, it's behind the scenes, there's a lot of factors that go into it. These wrestlers aren't autonomously deciding what they're doing every single time they go out to the ring. They're not just like doing rock, paper, scissors like Edge and Christian mm-hmm. to figure out who's going yeah. to win <laughs> that night. 
you ever feel like you're on that wavelength with somebody and then they totally just throw you off by uh, not by, pretty often. by not being on that wavelength yeah. at all and that's not to make us sound like we're better than them because we're not mm-hmm. it's just we're on a different we're thinking about it in a different way yeah. like like if you tell somebody it's just like oh well somebody will get like real pissed off it's like key example this isn't anything bad about the person my future co-host mm-hmm. Russ yeah Russ got very emotional which I said that he's prone uh-huh. to do he got very <laughs> emotional he got angry that Roman beat Braun Strowman yeah at Fastlane and I told him of course he did <laughs> and that wasn't satisfactory. I, <laughs> that wasn't I, enough to sway I, Russ. I know that he is still. Russ not, is not easily persuaded. He is still. He gets his, <laughs> his mind's made up, and he just kind of rolls with it. And I, and I love him for it. That's yeah. why it's going to be a great dynamic mm-hmm. when we do the show. But because I let it roll off, and it sticks in his crawl. Yeah. He didn't like the fact that he lost because Strowman was being built up as such a monster, which to me he still is. I mean, Roman had to pull out every single stop imaginable. We know what Roman is. We know he's the big dog. We know that he's going to beat The Undertaker. Yes, I said mm-hmm. it. He's going to yeah. beat The Undertaker and hopefully retire him. Yeah. To the delight of myself and multiple other people mm-hmm. that have been on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> at WrestleMania this year. He will claim the yard. Organically, he had that great moment at the Rumble that I'm sure plenty of people hated because mm-hmm. it was Roman. If it was anybody else, if it was Seth, it would have been great. Yeah. He hated it because Strowman lost before WrestleMania and figured that his first loss should be at WrestleMania. Roman was not going to lose that match going into a feud with The Undertaker. I understand that we didn't formally know on TV that he was going to be facing Mm -hmm. The Undertaker at WrestleMania. But we knew. But we knew. (laughs) We knew. Like, we can't play coy. You can't play dumb when you have the internet. Mm-hmm. And you can read and you can read these things. As much as Alo loves to knock the dirt sheets and stuff, even though he's the most avid reader of them. <laughs> it's like these are all dumb, but I read every single one of them just to tell them how dumb they are. Especially Big Dave. Yeah. Who could bench press like me, you, and Alo on top of each other like ten times. I've heard that. It's stupid how big that guy is. Like zero reason, good for him, but zero reason why a wrestling journalist that just sits down and talks about wrestling and blogs and tweets needs to have forearms the size of half my face. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. There is no need for it. He's he got is, no use for it. He has no use for it. Give me some of that. Unless he's hoping to <laughs> intimidate all the guys he thinks that insult him that live in their mom's basements. He's coming for you, Alo. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He might be. Yeah. Well, Dave Meltzer has actually plugged this show before. Really? Uh, yeah, back in like October or November. Really? Um, yeah. Like Not that's a, that's no bullshit. That's no, actually yeah. true. I, I probably could find the links to where it was mentioned. Remind me off the air. I'll find it. Because um, that's awesome. Yeah. Actually, because despite what, a, you know what that that Alo's a hypocrite. <laughs> at this at this point, it's just like, dude, what are you talking shit on? I um, get it. I get it. You think that Melter's not good at his job, but if he plugged the program that you're a co-host on. Come on. So I one I like so it, when I, when that was mentioned to Alo when he found out he said, yeah maybe I need to lighten up on Dave Meltzer. Oh, but look at but that. I but I like that. Uh, 
I like that Halo stays stays in character. And then he didn't lighten <laughs> up on David. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's one of the things I like. Like you said, you love about Russ that he gets so entrenched in his opinion. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about Halo is that he okay, Dave Meltzer. Either it will happen or it won't happen. I, I like to say that on the show. If I could work it in every week, I do. That's when, he, when he mentions a dirt sheet report, I say, okay, so that could happen or it could not. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what makes me laugh. That's another thing. Like, in a peel back the curtain, peek behind the curtain, mm-hmm. Jones kind of thing, <laughs> as Taz would say. Yeah. It always makes me laugh whenever, is Dennis, who's the one who writes up the Facebook posts um, for the show? It's like, hey, new episode of Matt Madness. Joe Rodimo and such and such are on here. It's probably me, which is my least favorite thing about the show to do. The low down Donovan Lloyd, no relation. Yeah, that's all me. this stuff is just like it makes me laugh every time just to see because like I I did my whole Babe Ruth mm-hmm. shtick when yeah. I came on here because I almost feel like I need to keep up somewhat with the <laughs> insane. Run around of just roller coaster gimmicks <laughs> that, that that just people who just show up on this show <laughs> seem to have. Like Don, well, Donovan, like Donovan shows Donovan up. Donovan has so many nicknames. There's one that neither he nor I can remember what it was. Yeah, it's like the mouth of the bout. <laughs> the mouth of the bout. Like the, the, the face of the, of the heel. The face of the heel. The whole effing podcast. But, no, but the muscle the, of Matt Madness. But that's the thing. Like I, I, I look at some of them. And I was just like, that doesn't even rhyme. It was just like, like I look at. It's it like no offense to Donovan. I love Donovan. He's great. But like I look at some of the look at some of the nicknames and some of the gimmicks and stuff. And it's just like these would be on the cutting room floor. It's just. <laughs> The face of the heel. What does that mean? You don't like the face of the heel? Uh, no. I think I think that's my favorite Donovan nickname. Really? Because, well, mouth, loves, of the, mouth of the Bout's definitely my favorite. It reminds me of like an Apollo Creed nickname, uh, the Mouth of the Bout. Um, Ma- mouth of the Bout, it, it just reminds me of one of my favorite managers. It reminds me of Jimmy Hart mouth of the immediately. Uh, the face of the heel, because I remember the first time he was on the podcast, mm-hmm. he talked extensively about his lifelong love of the heels of the business. Mm-hmm. So he's putting himself over as, like, I am the face of the heels. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> At least that's how I take it. Okay, so literal, literal, <laughs> yes. the literal face of the heels. Yes. Gotcha. That's a, now, he may clarify that that's not what he means, but that's always how I've taken it. Gotcha. Because, like, they're cramping my style here. Like, I'm, like I, I consider myself to be, like, I would like to play a heel character on this <laughs> particular program. Well, that's why I loved your Babe Ruth comment right off the top. I would like to play a heel character on this particular program and have my own gimmicks and stuff like that. But, Jesus, it's getting to be a bit crowded. It is crowded. It, it, seems, like, very it crowded seems like market. everybody wants to be a heel on this podcast. And everybody but me. Yeah, and, and it's not right. <laughs> There's an imbalance in the podcast locker room. Yeah, I try to stay as much a white meat baby face as I can. And I'll say this right now. Uh-huh. Despite your Twitter handle, uh-huh. including the word heel, uh-huh. Eric Trembicki is no heel. <laughs> he is no heel. He's obviously not even listening to this yet, and no. he's already pissed off about He is that. not a heel. <laughs> There's nothing. He does not radiate heel. Whatsoever, he is super, super good at talking on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's super, super good at doing it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I eviscerated him <laughs> at the Icons of Wrestling show. Oh, that may be a touchy subject for him to bring up for him. Oh, well, it includes his favorite. It does the Miz. The Miz, who yes, Eric wanted to prove, act to fly to Eric Trembicki. 
um, wanted to prove that we were the only idiots who liked The Miz. It was you, myself, Russ. Um, it was most of the people we were with. <laughs> yes. We all were saying The Miz were, was, the Miz is good. We like The Miz. And Eric wanted to prove that we were in the vast minority. And every single person outside of our group he asked admitted to liking The Miz. Some very reluctantly. The best was the reluctant guy. Yeah, very reluctant. The first guy he asked. It's like, sir. Yeah. Like, I hey, hey, man, do you like The, do you like the Miz? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Almost like shaking his head no. Like he was admitting to having crabs yeah, or something. That's basically what it was. He like, did not like saying it. Yeah, like it, it like, hurt him to say it. Yeah. And I think Eric took some solace in the fact that it hurt him yeah. to tell Eric <laughs> that he liked the Miz. Well it's funny because there there was the case of the guy didn't enjoy saying he liked the Miz, mm-hmm. but then also of Eric's disdain that like this is yet another person yeah. who actually does like the Miz. Um Yeah. Act two flyer <laughs> trim biggie. And then he went and he tried to hit on Dolph Ziggler's sloppy seconds. Yeah. I and I feel like Vicky was eating it up a little bit. Yeah, she was. She was, she, a was fan. she did not hate it. Um Eric's got the hair. I'll never debate I'll, <laughs> I'll never debate that at all. In the he's hair he's definitely got better hair than me. In the hair category, Eric is unparalleled. <laughs> you may have just won him back with that comment. I knew I could. <laughs> I believed in myself the entire way, Ron. I could tell. You're, you're half, confident. It's half the battle. <laughs> now, another thing. We're getting into a little bit of niche stuff here. but I love niche stuff. The Cruiserweights. Okay. We had the Cruiserweight Classic, which was a huge critical success. The mm-hmm. people who watched it absolutely loved it. It was something people were looking forward to watching every week. Uh, people couldn't wait for the Cruiserweights to come on board, whether it was NXT, whether it was on the main roster. Right. Of course, Raw ends up with the Cruiserweight division. We now have 205 Live. Obviously, I believe you'd agree that the Cruiserweight Classic was a huge success. Arguably arguably the best thing that they've done on the network. Okay. As far as programming goes, I thought that the UK tournament was very well done, but nowhere near as good okay. as the CWC. I think that the UK tournament did wonders as far as building up 205 Live is mm-hmm. concerned, though. Because I feel like either one of the people in the Cruiserweight, you have Tyler Bate, you have Pete Dunne, who's fantastic, the Bruiserweight. Mm-hmm. You have Trent Seven. Trent Seven, probably not. He could never be considered a Cruiserweight. <laughs> but you, <laughs> great mustache. Yeah. Mustache Mountain all day. <laughs> but not a Cruiserweight by any means. Yeah. But you could, you could believe Tyler Bate or... Pete Dunn in a cruiserweight mm-hmm. match as far as that situation goes. I feel like if you integrated those guys into that division, I feel like you could instill even more life into it. Because it has a distinctly foreign feel to it, the cruiserweight yeah. division. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I mean, do you really think they followed up on the cruiserweight classic? Effectively? Yeah. Not at first. Do you think they are now? I feel like it's starting to get some traction. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's just because certain people in the division are really over, and that's why it's having like a slight spike now. What do you attribute the turn to? Is there any one guy you attribute the turnaround to? Neville. Or... So that was when, for you, it was like, Neville. okay, they have something here. Well, Neville, I was clamoring for Neville, not on the show. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I brought it up to you, but amongst some other friends mm-hmm. that enjoy it. I had said that it was just like I remember when I was writing for Rope Break Wrestling, 
I wrote an article. It's like the man that Raw forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was Neville. Yeah. Like breaking it down. It, was just it wasn't like, only gravity at this yeah. point that forgot I, him. The entire show. And I went back and I just like looked at it. It's like back when he was Pac wrestling mm-hmm. in Europe and wrestling around on the independence and doing all the things over there. Winning all of those championships. He wrestled in New Japan. He wrestled over there in Noah. And then he eventually lands in NXT. He's dubbed Adrian Neville. Mm-hmm. And then he's just Neville when he comes to the main roster. He brought so much as far as athleticism, as far as wow factor with the red arrow, the fact that somebody was not only willing to do that, but capable of doing that athletically night after night after night to beat somebody in the ring was just incredible to me and to so many people that watched him. He brought a lot to the matches that he was in. It wasn't just a spot thing either. Mm-hmm. Like I felt, even before he turned heel, I felt like he had untapped potential. Yeah, that he could do something. So after he was gone for so long, after they brought the cruiserweight division to Raw, which I kind of think was a mistake. Yeah. I kind of wish that they would just keep him on Two Hundred Five Live because I hate the fact that they make it like the Divas. It looks like Diva Search. Yeah, it's, it's a different show on the same show. It makes no sense. It, it's basically that's I, I attribute that. This is a tangent because ADHD does yeah. this. But um, to me, it was it was dead in the water as soon as they made it a fun little thing that they do on Raw. Because it devalues 205 Live. Sure, it sets up some matches and stuff, but you already do a good enough job of doing that in one hour yeah. on 205 Live anyway. God knows that you technically don't need commercials, even though you do it anyway on your own network on 205 Live. So it's like a 45-minute show. Mm-hmm. You still set up meaningful storylines within the parameters of that time. The only real crossover that I thought was effective throughout the entire thing, honestly, was the return of Neville, which bleeds over to that, and Mm -hmm. then Austin Aries coming back to the ring after being on Raw doing the commentating for the How great. One, how great has he been on commentary? How great has his whole journalist gimmick been? It's great. And third thing... If WWE didn't think they really had something in Austin Aries, Mm -hmm. they had to have known after the last two months. I don't think... I would like to believe that there was never a time where they doubted Mm -hmm. that they had something with him. It was unfortunate that he got injured at the time that he did get injured because, I mean, he was at Brooklyn too. He had a match with No Way Jose, Mm -hmm. which I think both of us agreed we wanted No Way Jose to win it. (laughs) And Austin Aries ends up winning that match. And I think right after that was his injury. Yeah. Right right around that. It might have been that night. Right around that time. When Tommy came in and kicked him in the eye. Yeah. Isn't that what it was? He broke his orbital bone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that actually legitimately was (laughs) around that time. Yeah. Because it was either that GTS or something else had happened mm-hmm. on a house show that he got injured like that because he posted that picture that was all swelled yeah. up and terrible looking. Mm-hmm. But um, no, he's he's great. I mean, in his own words, I mean, he always yeah. said it's just like everybody wants to be the best. I've always just not settled, but it's just like I've always focused on just being great. Yeah, at what I do, and he's the greatest man that ever lived. Yeah, I mean, his gimmick is great. Uh, there's scores, there's thousands upon thousands of aspiring wrestlers that wish that they thought to use that gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it's a good day to be lived. great and a bad day to be you. I think that's such <laughs> yeah. a great line. There's hundreds of people that are stealing that line mm-hmm. on independence right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, shit happens. Mm-hmm. It's like stand-ups taking jokes. Yeah. You know it happens, but if the person's not big enough that's stealing it, you're not hearing about it. Yeah. 
Um, so you think they've turned a corner with the cruiserweights? I believe that they have. The big question for me is whether. Mm-hmm. I've got to pause for the beer. Yeah. <laughs> the big question for me is whether it's a momentary spike mm-hmm. or if it's the new normal. Because Austin Aries coming back in is a huge jolt. Neville yeah. returning and winning the belt and being unstoppable is a huge jolt. Him ending up actually being not only a credible but really good heel mm-hmm. is a jolt for that division. Say what you want about the Rich Swans, the TJ Perkins, and these people. I enjoy them in the ring. They have their aspects that are mm-hmm. good. They don't do anything for me as a champion. Yeah. TJ Perkins was not an interesting cruiserweight champion. They didn't follow up on the CWC. That was the biggest blight. They did nothing for him as the inaugural cruiserweight champion. Yep. His greatest moment as cruiserweight champion was, was getting the belt. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty and it went much. all downhill from there. Yeah, that was it. I mean, Rich Swan is champion. I thought, I mean, his match against Neville, that Neville ends up beating him at the Rumble and winning the belt, I thought was a fucking awesome mm-hmm. match. That's my one F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> because this is a PG-13 unsanctioned. Yes. <laughs> it's an awesome match that they had back and forth, but the fans didn't care. Mm-hmm. They don't. No. And, and, that's, and that is, therein lies the issue with the entire thing. Because I can think that it's getting better. They need everyone, most of the people. Like, not everybody, because everybody's pretty much impossible. Yeah. Like, to get everybody to like anything. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever heard of Neil Brennan? Yes. Neil Brennan has an awesome stand-up special mm-hmm. called Three Mics yeah, on he's, Netflix. Yes, yeah, that he, is a good special. You listen to it? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Like a, yeah. a really interesting take where it's like that really heartfelt stuff in the yeah. middle, stand-up yeah. and one-liners. <laughs> yeah. He has that one point where he says, where he's just like, um, what the hell was I about to say? You were mentioning getting everybody to like something is impossible. Yes. That was where he, he, he was pivoting. He was mentioning, he was just like, <laughs> I understand, like, peop, not everybody should have the right to vote or something, I think, was mm-hmm. like the breakdown. It was yeah. just like, and you know how I know that? Because I've been on YouTube. <laughs> I've been on YouTube a bunch of times before, and I've been in the comments section, mm-hmm. and I've looked at likes and dislikes on videos that should never get dislikes. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's like, I've looked at Beethoven's Fifth, his greatest hit, da 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 It's like one of the most famous pieces of music of all time. 470 dislikes on the video <laughs> on YouTube. It's just like, sorry, buddy, your music sucks, bro. And I know music. I'm from Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's a good point. It's to impossible make. to get everybody on board with something because, especially in the Internet society where we're all connected now, this is me sounding like my parents' generation, <laughs> in this Internet society that we live in now, it's almost cool to go against the grain with no repercussions. Yeah. Like being a troll. Mm-hmm. I've, I do it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. One of your favorite things it's to do. One of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that I enjoy it. Trolling and memes, they're the best part of my internet experience. And they've gained me friends. <laughs> and a lot of people that hate me. <laughs> but um, I'll never meet them. That's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the exciting part about exactly. the entire thing. But it's so easy now to just go against the grain for no good reason other than just wanting to piss people off that it's impossible to get everybody on board for any idea. Anybody out there can just log on, 
comment on the YouTube video, dislike it, and be like, this is stupid, all of it sucks. And instead of ignoring that person, because they're clearly just trying to get attention, these people that really like it and are passionate about it will comment on it and give them attention, and they'll eventually burgeon into something that's actually relevant for doing nothing of actual substance or importance. Yeah. Which brings me to my second hot take. <laughs> Perfect transition. Okay. I thank you for setting me up for it. Uh-huh. LeVar Ball. Wow. Was not expecting LeVar Ball to come up. LeVar Ball. Is a maniac? How funny is it that the real sports world is enamored, infatuated, obsessed with talking about the equivalent of a pro wrestling manager. Yeah. Uh well That's who Lavar that's who Lavar Ball is. That is what he is. He's and he's definitely putting those kids over as yeah. much as he can. And his family is now a bunch of heels. Yeah. The Ball family is a heel wrestling heel stable. faction. Yeah, a heel <laughs> faction of basketball Wunderkinds. Are they like the Heenan yeah. family? Like what? No, what he's not stable. That. Would they be? Lavar Ball is very far from the brain. We can't. Um, we can't. We can't give him that. He's speaking from the heart and a little bit down south. <laughs> yeah, that's where Lavar Ball is coming from. He's yeah. I. He's speaking from his Lavar Balls. He is. You know. What I'm I saying? mean, you got him saying that his kid is better than Steph Curry. Yep. Already. already. You've got him. Put saying, Steph Curry want... on UCLA. They're not. They're not a three seed. Yeah. They're not. You put you. He's talking about his kids getting a billion dollar sneaker deal. He's saying in his heyday he could have beat Michael Jordan one on one. Scored two points <laughs> on average in a yeah. game. I. Uh... But that's the thing though, people are applauding these celebrities. Like Le'Veon Bell had a tweet apparently that he just went out of his way. Le'Veon Bell, totally different sport. No mm-hmm. reason at all to even pay attention to LeVar Ball, but it's gotten to the point like an internet troll mm-hmm. where people are passionate about something, so they feel the need to try to squash. The person who yeah. says anything spiteful against mm-hmm. their heroes or the people that they like or the sport. He comes and jumps sports and is just like, LeVar Ball, you only average two points a game. You think you can beat Michael Jordan? You're a joke, bro. And then thousands upon hundreds <laughs> of thousands of retweets and likes. It's like, ooh, burned him. Savage. <laughs> roast, savage. Savage. Roasted him. Got him. LeVar Ball's just like, he doesn't Got care. him. It's like, LeVar Ball doesn't give a shit. You just yeah. gave him exactly what he wanted. It's what exactly any heel manager in wrestling wants. Attention. Mm-hmm. Give them attention. Give them your attention, and more importantly, give them your money. Yeah. So are you pro LeVar Ball? No. No, I think he's an <laughs> idiot. But I also... You know what? Let me rephrase that. I think he's a nuisance. Mm-hmm. I think he's a real-life internet troll that is blowing up big because that's the culture we live in yeah. now, and people value being... Well, look at the president. Mm-hmm. You value somebody who's ballsy and telling it like mm-hmm. it is... Like somebody in a YouTube comment thread. Yeah, like the inflammatory... That's that's valued now, Mm -hmm. because apparently PC culture has ruined the entire country. We'll (laughs) we'll not dive down that well, because I don't want to... This would be a six-hour podcast. Be a a completely different show. I don't want to lose the audience. I'll rope them back in here by talking about the always cuddly and fun to talk about LeVar Ball. Yeah. Hey, he's he's just a troll. And that's really just all he is at the end of the day. He's getting attention because people are passionate about what he's saying. They love Michael Jordan because he's the brands that's on all mm-hmm. of their shirts and sneakers. He's the best of all time. Not even depending on who you ask. Yeah. Everybody says he's the best of all time. 
and he's saying that he can beat Charles Barkley at one-on-one, which I would pay good money to see. So would I. I know Charles Barkley has has the gas in the tank for a one-on-one game at this point. He would have to play like Pig. Yeah, that'd be yeah. what it <laughs> I think he could play Pig. Do you think he hurts his kid's draft stock in this mm, draft next year? If the kid's good enough, if he shows out in the tournament, no. I don't think so. That's if what Lonzo, I'm curious if about. If Lonzo Ball does not play well in the tournament, or if there's like a key moment because sports is all about the moments, yeah. if Lonzo Ball... Say like he has a Grace and Allen moment during the tournament yeah. because it's national. Mm-hmm. Everybody's paying attention to it. The nation might as well shut down for the next <laughs> five, six days while this is happening. If he has something where he acts up like that or he blows a game for his team, he fouls out. He does something like that that looks in any way to mirror his dad's clear. Yeah, like some form of like lack of discipline. His dad's or... clearly impaired personality. Mm-hmm. I think it could hurt him. I don't think that will happen though. I think he has I think he's a good enough player that he will probably be a top 3 pick. He's a very good player and a draft. lot of fun to watch. I don't want him on the Sixers. I'll I'll tell and that's you that's how I feel. I'll that's tell you where that. I was going with it. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I don't want him anywhere near the Sixers cuz I don't want LeVar Ball in Philadelphia. Exactly. I like Jaleel Okafor's dad has been very vocal. Mm-hmm. Um which not nearly which to would the level it, of LeVar Okay, LeVar so Ball. like I didn't know this. What is he possibly saying? He's been calling out like bloggers and people on Twitter basically criticizing Jaleel. It's like it comes with the territory, man. Like yeah. it, it's the way it is. Yeah. Um not to mention uh your kid's not that good. He's not as good as he was made out to be. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, he was the third pick mm-hmm. in the draft. I mean, and it's funny though there's like 12 guys from that draft that are already better than him. That was a weak draft, mm-hmm. though. I mean, if you look back on it, notoriously, like, we'll look back and just be like, wow, that draft sucked. The only person that's really come out well, of that Towns draft... Towns and Porzingis are going to be Town, top flight guys. Towns is ridiculous. Porzingis is really good in a really shitty situation. Mm-hmm. And he will be a very good player. Um, so before we get out of here, okay. there are two specific topics I wanted to discuss with you. That doesn't mean we'll go off on... 19 other topics before we get to both. We will, but uh, we will. Right. You can keep going. <laughs> uh, first one is Bray Wyatt. Okay. Um, but first, I want to talk to you about 50s television. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 50s television, like Leave It to Beaver. Exactly. Uh, so, Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith is a good one. Dennis the Menace. Exactly. Now that we've talked about 50s television, uh-huh. we can go to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Pretty divisive. Um, some people really love him. Some people really hate him. Some people think he's underrated. Some people think he's overrated. I think he's got a ton of potential, mm-hmm. which I've seen from the time the day I started watching wrestling again in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot there to work with. Um, they obviously have had a lot of stops and starts with him. A lot of times him just losing in every feud he's in mm-hmm. renders a lot of his... You know, very interesting words, meaningless. Mm-hmm. Now he's the champion. He has a what I'd consider a marquee match mm-hmm. uh, at WrestleMania with a guy who's fairly legendary in Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. What, what do you feel about where Bray Wyatt is right now? And wh- where do you see him going from here? Now, I know that the original criticism of this entire thing comes from Alo, <laughs> And it's a fair one. I mean, it's... 
it's not like he's coming out of left field mm-hmm. with what he's saying. They hadn't done anything to this level at all with Bray Wyatt. They hadn't given him any gold at all, mm-hmm. except for that one brief tag title yeah. reign where he wasn't even part yeah. of the team <laughs> that won it because yeah. it was Harper and Orton. Mm-hmm. But he had never held a title before. His first title was won in the Elimination Chamber match, which most of us predicted would happen yeah. anyway. Even though most of us, we predicted it, but we didn't really think it was going to happen. Yeah, it was like, okay, they're not really going to do yeah. that. Which tells you all you need to know about the way that Bray Wyatt was viewed mm-hmm. by the wide wrestling community as far as us, yeah. as far as we're concerned. And we are the wide wrestling community, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, We represent every single person. We do. All 20,000 Between the listening. two of us. Yes. Every opinion. All 80 of us. <laughs> yeah. We're boycotting. We're boycotting if Bray loses. Yeah. But um, I think he's in the best spot that he's been in since the lead-up to WrestleMania 30. Because leading up to WrestleMania 30, Bray Wyatt and his family were running rampant mm-hmm. on Raw. They were running rampant because SmackDown was basically still just Raw's bitch yeah. at that time. They were basic Paul Heyman's words, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically just the literal B-roll mm-hmm. of Raw, where everybody who lost on Raw would win on SmackDown. Yeah. And it would just be the ultimate WWE-style 50-50 mm-hmm. booking scenario with things. Yeah, The Wyatts would win all the time. All over the place. They beat the Shield mm-hmm. when they had the six-man tag team match between both of those factions. Yep. They went over on the biggest faction in recent history, mm-hmm. the Shield. That's how over the Wyatt family was. They steamrolled their way through the roster. They took aim at John Cena. People were afraid when they took aim at John Cena, both Cena fans because they thought, oh, no, John might lose yeah. against them, and Bray fans because they were just like, Cena's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Bray may lose to John yeah. Cena. Oh, my God, Bray may lose. There's no doubt. <laughs> when in doubt. And he did. Yeah. The buildup was great. Everything was great. That was the pinnacle. That was the first peak of Bray Wyatt's career. The second peak was the Taker match, which I also thought he should have won mm-hmm. because at that point – Going into my opinion on Taker, once the streak was over, his not purpose, not worth, but in my personal opinion as a wrestling fan, his importance to the show overall didn't die, but it dimmed significantly. Yeah, the mystique was gone. It didn't, it wasn't important. Mm -hmm. When I saw Taker again, it was cool that he had his hair back. It was cool that he decided to. That was really cool because that stupid mohawk, uh, that was was terrible. It was terrible. When he was bald, when mm-hmm. he lost at 30, yeah, he looked terrible. That was the worst The Undertaker's ever looked. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like I liked Biker Taker, but yeah, we all I know, hated it. But... but we all know he looked ridiculous. Yeah, he came out to Limp Biscuit music. Mm-hmm. They were WWE's favorite band. Yeah, unofficially, <laughs> officially for like three years. But when he came out, he had the hair. He decided to actually dye it this time, so it looked at least like he was still The Undertaker and not old at this point. He wrestled a decent match with Wyatt, but then when Wyatt lost the match, I I looked around, I was just like, what the hell, dude? I was just like, what? Why did he win? Why did he win that match? Why was he even back for WrestleMania to begin with? I don't want to make this about The Undertaker, but it's important to bring up how annoyed I was with that to explain how I feel about Bray Mm -hmm. Wyatt. 
It made zero sense in my mind. He's being billed as the new face of fear. But he still calls himself mm-hmm. that. <laughs> he still calls himself the new face of fear. Bray, we didn't forget. You didn't beat the old one. Mm-hmm. The old one's still here. He's facing the big dog yeah. at WrestleMania <laughs> this year. And Reigns is going to actually win. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if he doesn't beat The Undertaker, I don't even know. Like, honestly, at that point, what the hell... Like, I already used my F-bomb. Yeah. I, I, di- I didn't say... And you were pretty judicious about it. You yeah. could have used it multiple times I, before I could have used it before. I've, I've shown odd restraint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to continue here, but I could. This is where I would use my second F-bomb if I was going to use uh-huh. it. What the hell would you even be thinking if you had The Undertaker beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year? That's like the nth degree. That's like the almost meta storyline of like the people who don't like Roman yeah. would still even be surprised yeah. if the Taker beat if the Taker the yeah, Taker if Taker <laughs> beat Roman at that point. But him losing the Taker, where he was calling himself the new face of fear, and then he didn't have the passing of the guard moment to become the new face of fear. That was where it really killed it for yeah. me for a while with Bray. He would still go out. He would still cut awesome promos. He would still have anybody but you, Roman. He mm-hmm. had his whole feud with Roman. He had the feud with Ambrose. He had the feud with Orton. He had all, all feud with Cena. I think again, if I remember correctly. Did he? I'm not sure. He might have. I can't I'm, say. I'm not even 100 percent sure. <laughs> the, all I know is the only person he ever beat in the feud during that period of time was Dean Ambrose. Yep. Which now. Being a two- or three-time WWE champion, it kind of looks a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Dean Yeah, Am- when you're reading back on it yeah. on Wikipedia. Yeah, but at the time, <laughs> Dean Ambrose was not current Dean Ambrose. Right. Ambrose was very much just the floundering third member of the Shield mm-hmm. that nobody knew what the hell they were going to do with. Yeah. And he could afford to lose those matches mm-hmm. to Bray because Bray had somewhat direction. Yeah. And Dean had Zero. nothing. <laughs> So, I mean, they had that ambulance gimmick match where he puts them through the table mm-hmm. or some dumb crap like that, mm-hmm. and Bray wins that feud. Yeah. I think he won a one-off feud with Ryback during he that did. time, too. Flyback, it was the flyback era. The flyback. He started doing the splash. Yeah, the flyback <laughs> era. Fondly remembered. Yeah. But uh, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> never, never forgotten. Um, that was where it really, like, it started to sink in. For me, and I think a lot of people, where it was just like, he has, like you said, he has so much untapped potential. He's tapping it, but the company isn't. Mm-hmm. He's tapping into how creative he can be with his promos backstage. He was always, he's always been, since he's come into the company, the best, if not a top three promo in the entire company. But his promo started grading on me and the people that I watched the show with because he never followed up on anything. He would always say these incredible, these amazing, beautiful soliloquies mm-hmm. worthy of film. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would lose every feud. Yeah, they became meaningless. It more became and more meaningless. meaningless every week. It was just like, yeah, Bray, yeah, you eat worlds. Mm-hmm. You do you're you're the new face of fear. You've you've never eaten anything, <laughs> to my knowledge. <laughs> you don't beat anybody. You haven't eaten anything since you were a Husky yeah. Harris. Yeah. You don't you don't beat anybody. And you lost to the face of fear. Mm-hmm. Your words, not mine. Yeah. So I mean, what? Neither of those things mean anything. Do something to make me really feel like what you're saying. I can get behind because I want to actively get behind what you're saying. This came kind of out of nowhere, but at the same time, the Orton Wyatt connection for this feud 
developed organically as something that ended up at this point being one of my most anticipated matches on the card. Yeah. For the WWE Championship, which when it first happened, when Orton joined the family, the initial thought was, okay, he's going to turn on Bray within like two weeks like Brian yeah. did. Because <laughs> yeah. people are going to be like, nah, this is stupid. Uh-huh. And then when he didn't do that, they win the tag team titles. And then they lost the titles really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, well, now he's going to turn on them for sure. Still doesn't turn on him. And was taking bullets for him all along Taking the way. bullets for him. Having that weird Harper dynamic yeah. where Harper was clearly just ruining matches yeah. left and right. And then feeling Talk like... about floundering. Yeah, and then <laughs> feeling like he was not in the wrong at all mm-hmm. for just stepping into the middle of the ring and super kicking somebody, yeah. Roman, somebody that Orton's facing mm-hmm. off against. And then being shocked that there was a DQ. Yeah. About it is just like no, Harper's involvement in it. Harper got over huge when he turned babyface because people really liked seeing him go against Bray. Yeah, because he had that whole with Xavier with the minds thing. Mm-hmm. It was always the oh they were under his spell kind of thing to see Harper break that and do the discus clothesline yeah. and take him out and stuff like that was really cool. After he likes hinted at it and yeah. could never pull the trigger and then and, he finally did. And people loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I popped so big I. for it. I really thought Luke Harper was going to be in a match at WrestleMania for the WWE title. Like, SmackDown did a good enough job of laying it out with this feud that I thought we were getting a Wyatt triple threat. Yeah, it looked like that's... It was obvious that that's yeah. what they were doing. It legitimately looked like that's what was going to happen, but instead, because SmackDown thinks one step ahead of the fan instead of right with them... Yeah. They or got, even behind them. They did They did something, in my opinion, that was even better. And, I mean, I know. I like Luke Harper, and this is where me and Russ would have an argument. <laughs> it's like, well, now he's just going to be in the 30-man battle royal. It's just like, yeah, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. It was just like, but you can't... I disagree with the battle royal being on WrestleMania to begin with. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything, and it's just a shameless ploy to get everybody on the mm-hmm. court. Which I'm sorry. I mean, obviously I'm not somebody with the authority to say who deserves and who doesn't deserve to be on the WrestleMania card. But everybody on the roster does not deserve to be on the WrestleMania card. It waters down the card. It's a meaningless match. Maybe if you actually handled it well when it first happened and in subsequent versions where it actually meant something, yeah. I would care. But at this point, why are you? Why is it there other than just getting people on the card? That is, I mean, that is... Ultimately, why it's there. That's it. <laughs> no real argument. It's the same it. reason why the Vicky Guerrero open for the women's title was Divas' title mm-hmm. with AJ was a thing. Because, oh, well, how else are we going to get all these women on the card? What, give them meaning? <laughs> yeah, get 15 of them on here for six minutes. It's just like we'd have to write intelligent things for them. Yeah, we can't do we that. We can't do that. It's, like, it's women in wrestling. All we are is Hollywood writers. Why would we want to actually write? <laughs> We're men. We don't know anything yeah. about women. <laughs> that... we, you could just get women writers. It's like <laughs> women in the writing room. Yeah. Not to get too far off the topic of Bray Wyatt, but... All of this was that... leading back to it. Okay, well, the, believe you, it or not. you made me think that... Why... And we could go very brief on this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever we seen... Can, but we'll believe it. <laughs> we'll we try. Yeah. Have you ever seen the requirements of what WWE is looking for in a writer on their creative Considering writing. Considering it's one of my goals to do that. For so that, you have seen it. For that company, yeah. And it's and it looked eerily similar to the requirements for most media jobs that I've tried to apply to yeah. up in Connecticut <laughs> recently. <laughs> Impossible to attain, period. It just it just is. You The amount of breaks that you would have to have mm-hmm. coming out of college, especially... 
like if you didn't go to college, no yeah, like to have all that all that on no your resume, you got to be old already. Yeah. yeah, you would have to be out of touch with the youth culture to even get that job, which explains everything you need to know about that job. But the irony of them requiring so much of their creative writing staff for them to not be able to be creative in their writing, mm-hmm. it just baffles me. But take it back to Bray Wyatt for me. I just had to get that out. Yeah, I mean, to just, like, in summation for the entire mm-hmm. thing, I kind of gave you a little thesis Yeah. on Bray Wyatt and just all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best part of his career so far, outside of the build-up to WrestleMania 30. I think it was a long time coming for him to get the belt. I agree with Alo that it came kind of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but because the feud with Orton and the Wyatts in general has boiled over to be as good as it actually has become, credit largely to SmackDown, mm-hmm. but also Orton and Wyatt have played their characters flawlessly. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't even mind that it came out of nowhere. I feel like it was just a feather in the cap that should have been there a long time ago. Um, it, fe- it feels at home. He looks badass with the belt mm-hmm. for all the people that have said, and I've talked to Gary about it, and Gary's right, but now at this point it's time for him to start getting some accolades. <laughs> he is a character that doesn't necessarily need a championship, but if he's going to talk shit the way that he does all the time and threaten people all the time, he needs to have teeth. Yeah, He was essentially just a toothless just he was like gumming people to death. Yeah. <laughs> like there was, it was like an old dude eating pudding. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it wasn't it wasn't threatening. Yeah. When Bray Wyatt said he was gonna take you out. Mm-hmm. He would take he meant he would take you out on like the roll leading up to the pay-per-view and then you'd beat him. Yeah. That's basically what Bray yeah, the Wyatt whole, His whole thing was a setup for himself losing. Yes. Um follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Really important question, mm-hmm. actually. Is Sister Abigail going to be a character? I've been... In your personal opinion, are they going to make her an <laughs> actual thing? And will it happen at WrestleMania? I've been very... I've never stopped thinking or talking about this. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote an article about this maybe in like July-ish or August. Actually, it might have been right around the time... When this whole thing started with Orton trying to get in Bray's head. Right. When Bray was locked in that, whatever the heck it was, the trailer, and somehow he mysteriously was out. I was like, Sister Abigail had to have gotten him out of there. How else would he have gotten out of this locked trailer without the key? Right. And then, of course, we didn't see Sister Abigail. Um, I have been feeling like it's something they're going to do. Mm. It didn't happen then. So I was like, well... I can't see them ever doing it now. Right. But Orton obviously burns down the, the house, the compound. He desecrates the whatever was left of Sister Abigail. Bray now has baptized himself in her ashes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it for what WWE is now, this is a huge leap to now say someone who is clearly dead with physical evidence of them being dead mm-hmm. is now an entity. Mm-hmm. But... That being said, this is a company that's one of its favorite, most championed gimmicks of all time is a zombie. Yeah, the dead man. Yeah. I feel like that we are going to get it because I feel like they've played into the supernatural element of Bray Wyatt Mm -hmm. so much. Like, 
What like what are you holding back for at this point? He either is supernatural or he's not. They were a CGI ghost of Sister Abigail away from a sci-fi home movie. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> was, but the acting was better. Yeah. To, to their credit, Bray was extremely effective mm-hmm. in the Ashes segment. Where yeah. He's putting it all over mm-hmm. his arms and his face. When he leans back, and I don't know if they meant it on purpose, but the light catches the yeah. pupils of his mm-hmm. eye That's in, such, in such a way mm-hmm. that there's all darkness and then the light of his eye. Mm-hmm. Is gleaming like he's possessed. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. It was, so what? What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, it's, I don't want it to be a cop out as far as an answer. That's why I asked you mm-hmm. because I needed a secondary perspective <laughs> on it. My big thing is how are they going to do it? Because do they have anybody that could play Sister Abigail? Is there anybody? Because would it be somebody new? Would yeah, it be like, somebody would it be, returning? Would it be his sister? Would it be... Well, we don't know, but because Sister Abigail, from what we've heard, wasn't isn't Sister Abigail... I always assumed that it was a nun. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I always assumed that it was an authority figure, like a Catholic school type mm-hmm. of deal, like they called them sisters. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, not unlike the Whoopi Goldberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sister Act? <laughs> yeah. Not unlike the Whoopi Goldberg movie at all. I prefer Sister Act 2, for being honest, with Lauren Hill. But I like how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> also a good one. Um, I, haven't yeah, seen, I haven't seen any of those no. movies. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> um, but I appreciate I just, that you were totally blatantly honest with me. I was. About how many Whoopi movies you've seen. Yeah. Uh, and that's Ghost. not porn. That's Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> I do think we are going to get Sister Abigail, though. I just feel like... I can't imagine that they... Like, how long could you keep talking about it without it ever being an actual thing? By him baptizing himself with the ashes, and we're going to delve deep into the realms of mm-hmm. kayfabe on this. <laughs> By him baptizing himself with the ashes and her being dead, is there a possibility? Because he's always played up the fact that he's he's obviously not normal. Mm-hmm. He obviously has something wrong with him. I mean, the dude spider walks all over the ring. True. Does all kinds of crazy shit like that. Clearly always has something going on in his brain that he's not completely himself at all times. What other abnormalities could he do to show that he's further possessed, like fully possessed by Sister Abigail at WrestleMania? Other than a physical person being there, is there a possibility that he does something dead man-esque? So are like, you... Like he has actual powers. Like I know it sounds hokey, and it's probably not the way that they're going to go with mm-hmm. it, but I'm spreading out yeah, just well, like Sister Abigail's ashes. Yeah. <laughs> we're spreading them out right here on the table. You're baptizing yourself yeah, right and we're, now. And we're sifting through it <laughs> looking for nuggets of gold here. I'm trying to get every possibility out on the table here because my mind went to either there's an actual person that's going to play Sister Abigail mm-hmm. that's going to get involved and cause Bray to win mm-hmm. because Orton will just be beyond shocked that this person even exists right. or this entity will be so powerful that he just overcomes Orton this is all building off of the premise that Randy Orton is not going to win the title yeah. which I think he shouldn't I think Bray Wyatt should retain and especially if he's not main eventing, especially if Goldberg is going on last, the last thing I need, as much as I don't dislike Randy Orton, is Bray Wyatt losing the title and then Goldberg being in the main event. Yeah. I agree. I, I said this on the show last night. 
that did we really need a seven, eight month build to Randy Orton winning another championship? No. Like, but if but if you were going to do it, because like I said, I'll try to look at the positive mm-hmm. in any situation. If you were going to do it, it's one of the most interesting Randy Orton title builds ever. Yeah, I, and I, I would definitely not disagree with that. But to me, there's you're not gaining anything by having Randy Orton be WWE champion. No, you're not. If Bray Wyatt comes out on the positive end of this story, especially if if, if like they think Goldberg is going to bring all the eyes to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and they get to see this character, this interesting character, Bray Wyatt, beat Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Maybe now you've started to elevate Bray Wyatt in the eyes of the casual fan. Right. Especially if they do something really cool, which they could. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on something really cool, but we could get something really cool with Bray Wyatt. Now, if it's not him just being overly possessed and just overpowering Orton mm-hmm. through some, whether it's supernatural powers, whether it's the ridiculous shit that yeah. <laughs> Taker used to do with lightning uh-huh. and fire and all that stuff. Fire and brimstone, Kane. Mm-hmm. If it is a physical person... Is there anybody on the roster that could play Sister Abigail, or would it just have to be somebody debuting? There was, a th- I believe it actually was Donovan who um, floated the idea of like, what if they repackaged Paige as Sister Abigail? Right. That'd be pretty cool. Um, well, no offense to Paige. I mean, she already has the dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she already has the. She's very Tim Burton. She, yeah, she wouldn't take offense to that. She's yeah. well aware. That yeah, her, that's how she her, plays up that look. Her entire look, she looks like she's getting ready. She was born to be in the Corpse Bride live mm-hmm. action. Yeah, movie. Um, people who could play her though, like Nikki Cross, I think would be perfect. Nikki Cross would Sister be Abigail. Nikki Cross would be great. Um, and Micah Rotunda, who's his sister, who's yeah. actually, I believe, under contract with them. Mm-hmm. Or at least she was at one time. She's I good friends with all the four horse women, mm-hmm. I believe. Like, could be her, but I don't know. I think somebody even floated. This was like eight months ago. Like, what if it was Bo Dallas ended up being? <laughs> 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 I forget who brought up that, but oh Jesus, it's IRS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if it was IRS? Yeah. Um, Randy Orton's tax returns come yeah, back to haunt him yeah. at WrestleMania. Is there anybody other than who I mentioned that you think would be able to play Sister Abigail, or do you think it has to be someone who we've never seen before? I got nothing. Nothing like, at all? Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm very... That's why I'm interested. Aside from the build to the match, I really just I have no idea what they're going to do with this. I will be honest, though. I mean, if it ends up being all for nothing, like even if Bray retains and there is no payoff to the Sister Abigail thing, I will be disappointed. Me too. I mean, I was disappointed back... Back in the fall, when, or maybe it was... When it appeared like she absolutely was going to show up. Yeah. Yeah, you, you saw the rocking chair going back and forth in that little trailer. He got out with no explicable reason of how he did it. So I felt like they, they built it up, like, clearly, she, whatever she is, she's a part of it. Yeah. And then she wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they will do it. Because um, for all of his failures... Well, the company's failures mm-hmm. of him. His failures by default because he's the one eating the pins. Yeah. <laughs> Bray Wyatt is one of the most interesting, in-depth mythologies that WWE's ever produced. Yeah. And I know it sounds ballsy to some people to say that. It's like because apparently everything that's new is just not as good as 
what's happened before yeah. because that's a generational mm-hmm. thing. It's incorrect. Yeah. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt's character of the cult leader that dates back to around 2013, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. is when he, him and Somewhere his family showed up. Yeah. From then to now, where he hasn't won a lot of matches, if you go back, if you string all the promos together, there's a lot of information behind this guy. Yeah. And behind the family and behind the stuff that built up to where we're at right now. Whether the booking was right or wrong, he's told a pretty damn intense story. Yeah. Through just his words. Mm Mm-hmm. Now they have a chance to pay it off with some type of action. Yeah. How... Are you leaning towards Bray is going to retain? Or are you, like, up totally up in the air on that? I'm picking Bray to retain. Um, I think he should. I think it's for the best if he does. Um... Because I, th- I don't feel real confident about it. Because I think Orton's going to end up looking strong going into the show. Because mm-hmm. I think Bray Bray is clearly mentally scarred by what Orton did. He's he's gone to extreme lengths. I mean, he's rubbing the ashes, not really obviously, but the mm-hmm. ashes of a dead yeah. woman all over his body. Like he's clearly completely obsessed at this point and completely bought in with whatever mythology he's built for himself in his mind. Yeah. I think that unhinged version of Wyatt will not be deterred in his quest to keep his belt. Yeah, and the good thing is it is a SmackDown story, which makes me feel like we're not going to get nonsensical stuff that doesn't tie into what the story actually is. Mm-hmm. I think we actually like that story will actually be told to completion. Mm-hmm. As opposed to where if it was raw, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we said this, but like, who really cares? Right. Um, and that leads me to the last topic that I specifically wanted to get to with you. Right. You've said it. I've said it. Everyone who's ever been on this show has said it. That SmackDown is the superior product to Raw. Since the draft. Yes. Part of that is the two hours is much better than three. Mm-hmm. Um, We're not going to riff on that. No, we don't have anything to do with the timing of the show. Gotcha. But what I'm curious about is, will Raw ever be the superior product to SmackDown, and what would it take for them to become that? Well, I mean, it's tough, just because, I mean, to the people listening around the world, the millions Mm -hmm. (laughs) of our our followers, thank (laughs) you. Must be an echo around here. (laughs) Took a while to get back to me. It did. But uh, they're here. The millions, but um, or the eighty, yeah, to the eighty, to the dozens, as Foley would say, and dozens, yeah. and dozens. So the people who listen to the podcast, our opinions obviously aren't the only ones that matter. We're just the ones with a live microphone in front of our mouths yeah. right now to speak them. Obviously, you guys comment in your questions and everything mm-hmm. every time that we speak and every time we have the podcast, especially on unsanctions, mm-hmm. because I've already thrown out some pretty divisive opinions I'd like to say (laughs) and I'd really like to say it I'd like to hear some people come back Mm -hmm. at me on this I believe that in some people's opinions not a lot but some people probably do like Raw more than Smackdown just because Raw does have the better roster technically speaking Mm -hmm. I mean I remember I, I remember when the draft happened I was annoyed because Raw was so ridiculously better on roster as far as talent that mm-hmm. had been built up than SmackDown. At the same time, I 
was team blue from day one as soon as the draft happened because I was telling people it's going to be a better show. Yeah. Because we beat a dead horse, the most dead horse. Like, <laughs> that original horse died and another one died and now we're beating that <laughs> one. On the two hours is better than three yeah. for a show thing. SmackDown's a perfect example of that. NXT and 305, and yeah, 305. <laughs> 305 Live would be insane. It would be. 205 Live. I mean, dude, they they have more story structure in 45 minutes and an hour and 45 minutes than Raw does in three hours and 15 minutes because they routinely go over 11 out, mm-hmm. go over 11 o'clock. Yeah. They have to go past their allotted time to even fit in story time. This week it was worth it because the Rollins and Triple H and Foley and Steph segment was so damn mm-hmm. good. But the rest of the Raw was filler. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that any of that existed, but to some people, they like it. Will it get better? Yeah. I think they course correct on this year's draft. It all comes down, obviously, to the creative team Mm -hmm. and what they do as far as that goes. But who knows? I mean, they could also shift creative teams at the draft. They're not going to draft them. Like right. They're not going to come out and be like, creative team member yeah. number five. It's like, and yeah, here's this guy. And Dewey Foley goes over to Raw. It's like, I'm Ranjan Singh to SmackDown. Like, so, obviously, you're right. The shift of talent will at least change things. Um, but a big part of it is creative. Because, like you said, Raw has the superior names on paper. Mm-hmm. But SmackDown is doing more with what they have than Raw is with what they have. We also don't know about trades. Because mm-hmm. that was something that was floated probably by some random dude on Reddit one day. And some wrestling blog just picked it up and it just became a Bleacher Report article which spun into the wrestling yeah. observer. And now everybody's talking about these trades that may or may not have actually ever been a real yeah. thing <laughs> to happen. They played with it. With Sami Zayn on Raw in Philly, and I popped for it because mm-hmm. I want him on SmackDown. I would, me too. I would love him on SmackDown because he would actually be doing something. Even though his stuff with Joe has been fine, he's he's a world champion on SmackDown, intermediate champion first, but he's a world champion mm-hmm. on SmackDown. A lot of people are world champions on SmackDown, but we need to know if that's a real thing. Also, if trades are going to be real. I would like to see them. Yeah. Would you? So what I'd rather see, I don't even want them to do a redraft. I would rather see them make trades. I think. Well, the redraft happens even under the old draft. It rules. did. It just they shuffled the deck. Yeah. My thing is like I feel like I don't really want to see them redraft because it's not like you're getting a real draft. It's like they've just decided, okay, we're gonna have these guys on this show, these guys on this show, and then we're gonna pretend like it's a draft. If you did trades... Isn't that isn't that going a little bit too smarky about it, the drafts, though? It absolutely is. <laughs> but It's like, you know this isn't yeah. a real draft, right? <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. I won't pretend it's not. Like they're really rushing yeah, at the, the last second. Yeah. Like, oh, AJ was supposed to be here, but now he's still here. Oh, we thought he was going to slip to number 12. Yeah, people's flights are getting canceled at the last second. That's all I got drafted. Yeah, but I feel like you don't Red need... Red brand. Yeah, you don't need to, like, restart it. To me, it's like we say, okay, we built Raw around <laughs> Seth Rollins being our number one pick. We right. want to keep him. Like, 
SmackDown wants to keep AJ Styles or whatever the case may be. But then I think that's where you could tell some interesting storytelling as to shuffling the roster by, say, Shane McMahon saying, I can't have AJ on my roster anymore. Let me trade him. Mm-hmm. And that's how Can you, you trade shuffle future up. picks. Well, if, they, if they're redrafting, yes. Yeah. Like, or, if you, like if you did something where like the future picks were from the developmental mm-hmm. talent pool. If you could do, say, okay, Raw wants AJ Styles. SmackDown wants Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Raw needs to give Sami Zayn and a future NXT draft pick. A future consideration. Yeah, to SmackDown <laughs> for AJ Styles. Which means Sami Zayn goes over to SmackDown and SmackDown cashes in their pick from the NXT pool to draft Shinsuke Nakamura that's, to SmackDown. I think that's I think that's more creative than having a redraft. Okay. Do you agree with that or would you rather see the, the it's all just out a, redraft? It's just an idea. I mean I'm you're cool. You seem cool either way. Whatever. I'm, I'm cool either way, just because I love the idea of the draft. I mean, a lot of people just aren't keen on the drafts on the brand split. Which at this point, given what SmackDown gives you every week alone, I don't understand the mentality behind that. Just because having bo- having the entire roster on both shows brings nothing. Yeah. It's just nothing but a jumbled mess. Both shows just look like Raw does now. Mm-hmm. If you have everybody on both shows. It bleeds together, and none of the pay-per-view matches feel important because you've seen them about five times, which, again, is a problem that only seems to exist on Raw. You see some of these feuds have matches on SmackDown, but they get out of the matches without real finishes with more creative ways than just, oh, somebody got involved and there's Mm -hmm. a DQ. There's a DQ finish or a count-out finish every week on Raw. Yeah. That's how they get out of feud matches. Mm-hmm. It's formulaic. It's boring. People know it's happening. Here's something that's really... It's pissing me off, yeah. honestly. I mean, and me and Russ have the same... We both got emotional mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. It's out of character emotional out of char- for you. Out of character <laughs> for me. But it's very annoying to me how irrelevant tag team wrestling is in WWE right now. Mm-hmm on every front but NXT. NXT still has DIY and the Revival, who everybody swore up and down the Revival was going to leave. They probably will, but not yet. Yeah. First, they have to lose the Authors of Pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I don't know what they're going to do because it's a triple threat tag team title match, which sounds like the perfect opportunity for AOP to lose the belts and then gain them back real quick. Right. Anyway, which basically means the DIY is my prediction. Yeah. (laughs) Early prediction. To win the belts back at TakeOver. (laughs) Won't hold them long, but they'll win it again, I think. The pop for that would be unreal. Yeah, and I think that's what they're banking Mm -hmm. on, that they could get that pop, harness it. It would be huge. WrestleMania weekend, wow, check this out. And then AOP comes in and collects their second title reign quickly thereafter, within like the next two months. Because NXT's smart and they space out their shows every like two or three months. Mm -hmm. So champions feel like they have more weight behind their reigns. Somebody isn't just winning it, and then the next night is just like, oh, well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Ryder. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it's 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 irrelevant. It really is. Yeah, and there's nothing on Raw that matters. There's nothing on SmackDown. Division. SmackDown? That matters. SmackDown has a big division. Admittedly, because they have the weaker roster, they totally got screwed yeah. in the tag team situation. But given their creativity that they've shown, you would have thought that they would do something to build up some of these teams. Like the Vaude villains are not a bad gimmick. 
by any means. Are they champions? No. The one-off thing that they had in NXT where they had blue pants and all that stuff, that was a fun little hokey thing, Mm -hmm. but they were never meant to be long-term solutions at the champion No, I thought they were... I think they're a fun tag team. Yeah, and they could definitely be doing more than what they're doing. The Ascension, unfortunately, I think there's been so much damage done to them that it's just... It's not even vaguely believable. It's not even a reclamation project at this point. It's not even slightly believable that they could dominate anybody Mm -hmm. in the division. And it's a shame because they were really dominant in NXT and they had every right to be equally as dominant if the brand split had existed when they got called right. up. Because they because they got thrown into the hodgepodge mixed bag that was the entire roster on both shows, they quickly just were irrelevant. Yeah. Tyler Breeze was quickly irrelevant. Um with the brand split, I think NXT call ups are getting a lot more shine. They definitely are. With the um, exception of somebody like Apollo Crews. Well <laughs> which I'm I, I I don't. I haven't given up on the guy, but it's really hard to hold out hope that he. It gets getting, harder every week. It gets hard to hold out hope because I mean, at this point, they're not even putting them on TV. Like I just, you got to believe that they don't know what the hell to do with them. I don't even believe that. I know that for a fact. Because I mean, they don't. What does he do? They've never known what to do with them. They have never done anything. The with only them. thing that he's done on SmackDown is consistently feud with Dolph Ziggler, who's the most now. A relevant superstar mm-hmm. on either show. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Because the first episode of SmackDown post draft, he's immediately in the world title <laughs> picture. Yeah, yeah which immediately gets elevated. Super kicked the shit out of AJ Styles, mm-hmm. wins that match, goes on to face Ambrose in a match that was really, really hyped up. Didn't quite live up to the expectations, but the yeah. build was awesome. He was in multiple title matches, then goes into the mid card. Doesn't win that, gets bitter, turns into heel Ziggler, but not the heel Ziggler that people really want to yeah. see. And now he's just flat out boring. I literally fast forwarded through his segment on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Him and Mojo, I was like, don't have the time to invest in this. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. <laughs> what? That's another thing with Ross. What? With, with Mojo? The ta- or? With, the ta- with the tag team mm-hmm. match and the other stuff at the end of the thing. It was just like, that That Ziggler and Mojo match didn't need to exist. It was, it was just like, no, it didn't, but it was only like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally was like, bang, bang, done. Yeah. It's not like, like it took up a big chunk of the show. It's like, that's that's two minutes they could have used at the end. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, dude, it's, it's two minutes. Yeah. It's two, two minutes. It is. It's like, I get it. It's not important to the show. SmackDown, you're not... SmackDown, you're used to eating a lean cut of beef on SmackDown. No fat. Mm -hmm. Raw is like prime rib, where half of it is just like bloated, Mm -hmm. just this is gonna kill me Mm -hmm. in in my 60s. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's how Raw makes me feel sometimes. That's how it makes me feel I feel like I have fatty deposits around my heart when I watch Raw. So do I. Now, my comment on the SmackDown tag (laughs) team division is I thought three weeks ago they hit on something with the Usos when they came out and cut that promo from the crowd mm-hmm. after American Alpha won their match. I thought the promo was good. I love the catchphrase of, like, when you feel the hair standing up on the back of your neck and you're afraid of somebody's behind you. What up, Us? Yeah, it's not paranoia. It's the Usos. I love that line. I was like, they have something. Hashtag here. day one-ish. Yeah, day one-ish. Yeah. I was like, they have something. They, I, love, they, I love that hoodie. Me too. I was like, they tapped into something with the Usos here. Mm-hmm. And then the next week comes, and they're not on the show. Mm-hmm. And then the following week comes, and they're not on the show. The Usos aren't even the thing that makes me annoyed about it. It's Alpha. 
Well, yeah, because they're the champions. Because Alpha's the the champions, and they're not even being mentioned. To see American Alpha, you need to watch Talking Smack, which Mm -hmm. if you're not watching Talking Smack and you're a wrestling fan right now following WWE, you should start. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to insult you. Yeah. Like like a lesser commentator. (laughs) Might do. I I will instruct you. Mm -hmm. This is me holding your hand and taking you to water. This is Babe Ruth pointing the bat out the center field. Drink. Drink drink and become full (laughs) with knowledge and great content. Yeah. Talking Smack's the best thing that they have consistently every week on the mm-hmm. network as far as a non-in-ring yeah. thing. It's so good that Raw tried to do it, and it's terrible. Yeah. As, <laughs> they you, even as got, we would expect. They even got Renee Young to jump brands yeah. to do Raw Talk, and it still sucks. And Daniel Bryan hated it that she did the, the Raw Talk. Yep, Daniel Bryan's hilarious. He is great. Daniel he does not hold back Bryan, even a little bit. Bryan does not even attempt to hold back. No. And then when you get somebody like Miz in there... Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Gold every time. Oh, it's so good. Always Plat- good. Platinum. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like I I will have to say that I as much as I've enjoyed the Miz for all of the last year, a lot of the best stuff he's done has taken place on Talking Smack and he's jump started a lot of stories on Talking Smack. Yeah. Because he's that good. Mhm. That's the thing. As much as Eric doesn't want to hear it, <laughs> it's a reality. I mean, I feel like a lot of people who don't like The Miz are living in the reality of, like, 2008 or 2009, where, oh, no, he managed to get into a main event of WrestleMania, which few and far between people actually go back and look at the build-up to that match. Aside from Rock getting involved where he really didn't belong at all Mm -hmm. as the host of that WrestleMania to kickstart that inevitable one or two, maybe even three matches including him and John Cena. The Miz was fantastic yeah. in the build-up to that. The Miz was... He played it up that he was a reality TV star. The entire promo for WrestleMania 27 is him sitting in a dark room <laughs> in a chair watching TV, <laughs> watching John Cena do stuff, watching him do stuff on TV, a parallel to the fact that he is not from the wrestling world, yeah. traditionally speaking, yet he stands atop it as its champion. Mm-hmm. People hate it. He loves that they hate it. You had angry Miz girl with the face <laughs> yeah. and stuff that they would constantly quote. She was a meme forever. Yeah. Miz was over as WWE champion. People don't want to admit it because it's not cool mm-hmm. to admit that Miz was over as WWE champion. The Rock and Cena program invading the Miz versus Cena program is what killed the Miz. Mm -hmm. Because you introduced a third incredibly impossible-to-match entity to the storyline that Miz, the champion, much like Rollins with the Taker versus Lesnar storyline at Battleground, felt incredibly small by comparison. Yeah. that's, That's how you crush somebody... That's doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it took it, him how long? It took to, him, it took to him get multiple it. hairstyles, multiple B level movies, and marrying a hot ass wife. Yeah. For him to finally get his swag back and the brand split mm-hmm. to get back into the driver's seat of what the Miz character was at that time. And I think he's a more souped up, ready version of that guy from back then. I've told anybody that'll listen to me. The Miz is a WWE champion right now. Yeah. The Miz legitimately is a main event. If he won the title, 
in the next coming year, not only would I be ecstatic because <laughs> SmackDown because SmackDown Live would be incredible must see television. It, not even gimmick wise, yeah. not even like kayfabe, <laughs> yeah. like oh Miz is saying it's must right. see, so I go along with it. I would want to see everything that the Miz would do as champion because Miz circa 2016 2017 SmackDown Live is my favorite thing about the WWE right now. <laughs> I'm I, actually kind of not, I mean, I knew you were a fan of his. I did not think he was going to be topping your list. He is. He's he's consistently the most entertaining, him and Maurice, that's consistently the most entertaining part of me watching WWE programming every week. You have your good wrestlers, you have your NXT, you love Shinsuke, I love the stuff that they do. I like the Chris Heroes back mm-hmm. in the programs. I like the Owens and Jericho thing. One of my most, like, probably my second or third most anticipated match is a mixed tag team match. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I don't know how good the match itself is going to be, but I know the next couple weeks leading into it are going to be unbelievably it, entertaining. It's already been so much fun. It has been. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Because... Because Miz and Cena, because Cena's been in so many of these programs where it's just like, oh, let's break the fourth wall. Yeah. Did it with Punk, did it with Brian, did it with Owens, did it with Styles. He's done it with every indie guy, and now Miz isn't an indie guy, but he's saying the same thing mm-hmm. that indie guys say, <laughs> yeah. which is funny right. if you flip it around like that. <laughs> he's coming at it, it's just like like his quote on... Uh, on SmackDown this week. It was just like, Nikki, you can't just make matches. You think you are John Cena? <laughs> yeah, he's another example of a perfect troll. Yeah. Like... Dude, uh, his his stuff with Ambrose and more importantly, Renee Young, when they had that feud, mm-hmm. was so good. Where Renee slaps him because he's such an asshole in the one promo mm-hmm. in the ring. And then he just like goes back to his room. He goes back to his yeah. locker room and he doesn't come out until Renee comes. Yeah. It's just like I won't take any interviews unless it's Renee Young. Yeah. And then and Renee he was demanding an apology, right? Yeah. And Renee comes to the door and says, So are you ready to apologize nah. for, what you, for what you did to my face? And then he has to hold Maurice back from slapping Renee yeah. Young. And Renee's like all uncomfortable mm-hmm. interviewing him. No, and he's, D- he's Dean, Dean poses as a security guard and beats oh, the yeah. hell out of him. All clear. Yeah. <laughs> All clear. Yeah. Yeah. That that was great. That was some of the best stuff that Ambrose had done for a while. Yeah. Um, Miz is starting to get that effect on SmackDown Live where who he works with gets better. Mm-hmm. And I noted it. People will scoff at that. It's like Ambrose is already better than the Miz. It's just like, from an entertainment standpoint, no, he's not. Yeah, in my, my big thing opinion, is people like have to Dean care Ambrose. about what you do. You might be yeah. a better technician in the ring, mm-hmm. but if nobody cares what you're doing in there, it doesn't matter how technical you are. Dean Ambrose, the, the breakdown, the skivvy mm-hmm. on Dean Ambrose, from what I gather, fan base skewed about 70, 30, maybe 65, 35 female mm-hmm. to male. Yeah. Chicks love them. Yeah. Despite the hairline, mm-hmm. people Chicks love <laughs> yeah. Dean Ambrose. Crazy about the guy. Yeah. They hate Renee Young mm-hmm. for dating him. <laughs> he doesn't use his Twitter at all. His Twitter account, he literally, in his description of his Twitter, says, they made me make this. <laughs> and Joy, he's retweeted one thing ever. It was from 2012. <laughs> his profile picture is a picture from the original Shield. Wow. That's how long ago. he has. He doesn't touch it. He doesn't touch any of the social media, <laughs> but Renee Young sees 
all that stuff, and like yeah. she constantly has like her little jabs mm-hmm. at her at his female fan base. His fan base is largely chicks that think he's hot mm-hmm. and like dangerous and all yeah. that stuff, I guess. And then dudes who think that he's a good wrestler, us, mm-hmm. and that's about it. His entertainment value is directly linked by what storyline he's in. If he's not doing anything, and if he's just left to his own devices, he can be a closeted guy. Yeah. He can be a pretty difficult person to find entertaining. Key example, his interview with Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. His interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of the most awkward hour and 30 minutes you can find on the Mm -hmm. WWE Network. Because Austin tried to bring something out of Ambrose that only exists in Ambrose when he's creatively inspired, I feel. Yeah. And he was not comfortable at all sitting down and talking to Austin about the stuff that Austin wanted to talk to him right. about. <laughs> and he's the kind of guy that you get the feeling and you have the evidence to support it. If he doesn't want to do something, he ain't going to do it. Right. Like, he doesn't give a shit whether you're Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> or Ron Pashery. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask him a question that he doesn't want to answer, he's not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was awkward. Yeah. It was not fun to watch. Now, to flip it on its ear, Mm -hmm. you put Miz in any of those situations, knocks out of the park. Yeah. The Miz is personable. The Miz is outgoing. People hate the Miz. Every... That's the biggest thing about the Miz. Everybody fucking hates them. That's my my second F bomb. It was too. It's now (laughs) rated R. Like Edge. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, everybody hates them. Every demographic, he's the best heel in the company. Him and Alexa Bliss, in my opinion. They get, on, yeah, both. they get legitimately booed. Yeah. People legitimately want to see them lose. And they're both on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, and Charlotte I put up there, too. Charlotte's up there. Charlotte's definitely up there. But Miz... Miz is so hated that it's just it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Because people, like what I brought up earlier, where you feel like you're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. as another wrestling fan, but then you realize that they're just off yeah. someplace else. Mm-hmm. Not wrong, but off someplace yeah. else. That's how I feel with Eric, <laughs> with, with The Miz. I feel like he's doing it as part of the heel persona that, he, that he's supposed to be upholding on the show. Uh, whether he actually really hates The Miz or not is up for debate, in my opinion, largely. I think he keeps it up for appearances. <laughs> but if he really does... Well, hate I believe Alo's on record saying eventually Eck will admit that he actually likes The Miz. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. It's a gimmick. <laughs> Eck to fly is a gimmick. <laughs> Eric Trembicki is a man. <laughs> and you think Eric Trembicki the man appreciates what The Miz does? Deep down, yes, he does. Because The Miz is no different than many other characters just like The Miz in the history of WWE. Yeah. He's a vain, pompous heel that you want to see get his ass kicked. Yeah. Shawn Michaels did that. And oftentimes he finds a way not to. Yeah. Um, We've seen this guy. Yeah. So many times before. (laughs) John Morrison did it. In ECW, Punk, everybody wanted to see Punk win the championship. Beat the hell out of him in that abortion of an ECW (laughs) on Sci-Fi Network. Finally beats him. Probably the biggest pop of that ECW existence that that thing had. Because it certainly (laughs) wasn't Bobby Lashley winning a title or Big Show winning or something like that Mm -hmm. happening. Punk beats the pompous asshole pretty boy, John Morrison, who should never be holding an ECW belt in the minds of the hardcore fans. (laughs) Miz losing to anybody 
especially a guy like Dean Ambrose coming out of CZW, coming out of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. coming out of this rough and tumble yeah. area. <laughs> Good old boy can't lose to The Miz. No. This B-movie yeah. dude with his hot <laughs> wife. Guys hate him for multiple reasons. The guy from the real world? Yeah, guys hate him because uh, uh, hardcore ICW fans, just, oh, he's from the real world. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he can't be he can't be a real wrestler. He doesn't wrestle well. He's not good. He should never hold a title. That was a mistake. Classic WWE. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then other guys on a very casual level, it's just like, who's this nerd? Like, <laughs> wearing all this like dorky fashion shit. Yeah. Looking like he's coming out of Paris, this little, foo- this little foo-foo, little cupcake-looking guy. And then you show him his wife, and it's just like, man, fuck this guy. Yeah. Free, free. It's like, man, screw this guy. Yeah. It's just like, how's he getting that hot chick? I could never get that chick. And then they start feeling inadequate. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, I'm better than him. It's like, well, why can't you get a woman like that? Yeah. It's just like, well... He sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he just sucks. It's just like it's like so he's better than you. It's yeah. just like, I never said that. I said well, he sucks. It's, it's like Gary says about Roman that a lot of people hate him because they resent that he's like a good-looking guy. He's touched a woman. There's a good physique. He's touched a woman and he's successful. See, so. I can't I can't break out that card on Eric though. I know I know Eric is fine with the ladies. Yeah, he he does well for himself. He does. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's father. definitely not why. He is a great father. He's a great father. I've he is an the, awesome I've seen dad. The, I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I know my sarcasm bleeds through, but that was not sarcastic. No, that Eric Trembicki, the man, great father. <laughs> yeah, seems awesome to be father. seems to be great children. Not mm-hmm. a heel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, those are two conflicting things because I know he takes great pride in being a heel and great pride in um, being a great dad. He's, he's gonna have to choose. Yeah, is well, it your kids or your on radio personality? <laughs> he, <laughs> He will be on the show on this coming Wednesday. I can't wait to hear him address this. I'm looking very much well, forward I, to it. I hope he comes up with something better than when I demanded a challenge for the title yeah. from Aaron. Because all I got was two locations where I could meet him, and then I went to one of them, and he wasn't there. <laughs> now, now he's in Bangor, Maine, indefinitely. Yeah, I'm not traveling there. Yeah, I didn't think you would. No. Most people wouldn't. No, especially when I can just come here and do it whenever. Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll get you guys in the same place at the same time. I take it he shot down that Very idea. Soon. Which one? The you coming in here? No, just or? anybody. The fact that it would be cool to have the interactive championship challenge based on trivia. I don't think he has shot that down though. No. Okay. I but I had for, I have ultimately forgotten to follow up with that myself. Mm-hmm. So we will we will figure out an answer on that. It'd be cool by Wednesday. Even if he said no, I mean, milk some mileage. Absolutely. I'm all I'm all for it. Anything we could add to the show to make it a little more fun, I'm all for it. We are, we are up to about two two hours and forty seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So you are now, I believe, the official record holder on Matt Madness Unsanctioned. Yeah, I mean, just as it should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first one. Yeah, and now the most recent one. Uh, it won't be the last one, but um, last question I'll ask you: mm-hmm. Will Miz ever be a world champion again? Yeah. You think he will? How long do you think it'll take? I think he could be a world champion within the next year. I, th- I think by WrestleMania 34, mm-hmm. that's what we're coming up on mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. By WrestleMania 34, Miz will be the world champion again. Not going into WrestleMania per se, but within the time frame of an entire calendar year of pay-per-views, the Miz will hold the WWE championship. And you think this will be on SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. I would like to see it, especially, like you said, you know it will definitely get people upset. Mm-hmm. 
and anything that gets a rise out of people is usually pretty good. Yeah. Especially that's when... What, I mean, that's what they're in the business of say, doing. Especially right? when it's meant to get a rise out of you. Yeah. Like, Roman Reigns winning getting a rise out of people is probably not the best thing. Mm-hmm. Like, when Braun Strowman clotheslines him and the whole crowd is chanting, thank you, Strowman. Yeah. That's not a good sign. But when the Miz can get that type of reaction, that is exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, you're looking for a guy. I mean, and you're never going to have that guy, unfortunately, just because everybody now believes, and this is not me putting myself above Mm -hmm. these people, just in general, Mm -hmm. in the internet community, people have the idea that they just know so much more than they actually do. They put on airs, there's egos all over the place, and nobody's allowed to admit that they're wrong about something. Mm-hmm. You just have an opinion and you just hammer it into somebody's head until they either unfriend you or, <laughs> or, the, or they just acquiesce to it to make you shut the hell up yeah. about something. That is basically the culture that we live in with wrestling now, and you can't be a heel in that culture. The only way that you can be a heel in this culture with the internet is people, by and large, need to indiscriminately hate you. Yeah. Period. Roman Reigns and John Cena, technically speaking, based on reactions of the two biggest heels in WWE. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the two faces of WWE. And make no mistake, that's not WWE's fault. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Yeah. You. <laughs> the fan. That's your fault. Because the internet created this. Mm-hmm. They created the hate. The hate-mongering that builds up in comment sections on YouTube videos that nobody in God's name would ever look at. That yeah. people talk about, as, oh, well, he shouldn't really be doing good, should he? And, it's just like, <laughs> and then some other dude's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now you think about it, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be doing good. No, we should do it. We should just ruin the show yeah. for everyone. Because mm-hmm. you're monsters. Exactly. That's what you are. Yeah, I, was, I had a SummerSlam hangover for like six months. Yeah. Because that crowd was so rude and obnoxious. It's the only time that I'll take a shot at the audience. Yeah. If you do that at shows, you're a monster. Exactly. You're a bad fan, and you're ruining it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Save your money. Stay home. Exactly. And if you want to prove a point to WWE about their product not being good and not being worth it, don't spend the money on it. Because as long as you're spending the money on it, they'll keep doing what they're doing. You're justifying them doing what you're doing by Gary, spending the money. Gary said it best. It's depressing the amount of people that masquerade as wrestling fans that go to WWE events just to shit on it. Yeah. Just oh, isn't Raw so bad? Yeah, I'm glad we're here. It's just like, asshole, you paid $60 to show up. <laughs> yeah. You gave them your money to show up and tell them how bad the show is. But it was worth sixty dollars of your hard-earned money. Yeah. Stay home. Yeah. We don't want you there. You don't even want to be there. Mm-hmm. Your entire reason for being there is some meta weird. You're just going to be on social media the entire time, banging it anyway. Mm-hmm. You could have did that. Botchamania. It's like, dude, you could have been. You could have did that at home. Like, why are you here? Why did you buy the SummerSlam package to go to Access and probably SummerSlam <laughs> and NXT stuff and all that stuff just to be like? Yeah, that belt's red. It's dumb. Yeah, it's stupid. I hate it. And I'm not gonna watch Finn Balor against Seth Rollins. I'm just gonna no. I'm just gonna come up with chants about the red belt. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and make both guys feel like they wish they weren't even here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nonsensical. And then blame WWE for the entire thing. Yeah. It's like, that, <laughs> that match was that match wasn't all that great. Did you hear the crowd? It's like, yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, Did yeah. you hear those people? It's like, yeah, asshole, I heard you. <laughs> it's just like, isn't that that matchup that you were pining for that you swore Roman was getting mm-hmm. about three weeks ago? Yeah. And now that you got it, you're ungrateful? Mm-hmm. Ugh. They're gross. Yeah. Well, we got to keep working to change just, the culture. Just, just gr- disgusting, hollow troll people. Yeah. That's what they are. They want to put themselves over at any turn. Yep. It's a shame. It's gross. It is. It is. They're I not agree. everybody. Gross though. is a good way to put They're it. They're not everybody, though. No. This show is for everybody, but to the troll people, you know who you are. You do. I hate you. <laughs> so do I. I. I strongly do. I've ranted about it many a time. I'm not going to get into it tonight. Yep. I appreciate what you said about it. And at Raw in Philly, my friend Gary, the icon, the legend, <laughs> will tell you that you have probably never touched a woman. I can attest he will probably tell you that. Yes, he will. So, And if you dare cross him, you clearly haven't met Gary. You haven't. Um, great guy. Great guest on the podcast. Giant biceps. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Gary, Gary well. will kill you. <laughs> With kindness. Yeah. He will. He's he will. very kind. Very. Um, I guess that's the show. We've gone for just about three hours. Like I said, you've broken the record. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it needed to be broken. It did. You've been, you've been waiting to break it for like eight, nine months now. Yeah, I don't I don't promise things. I guarantee them. <laughs> and you fulfilled your guarantee. I so now do. everyone knows they can trust you when you make a guarantee. Yes. You officially made yourself into Babe Ruth, exactly. pointing on the home, you know, calling his shot. Mm. I'm already scheming for the next one. Yeah. Well, I look forward to see what you have up your sleeve next. More LeVar Ball takes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure there will be more to be had. He'll be relevant the next year and a half it'll take for us to have another one of these. Exactly. Well, we'll have you on before a year and a half, but he will still be relevant, I'm sure. Well, they'll be hearing more from me anyway. Exactly. Um, but thank you for coming and doing this again. It was a pleasure to have you back. Always a pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate it's, it's, that. It's a it's always a blast, honestly. I mean, that's why I was so excited to come back. I know that we were talking <laughs> for the past couple of weeks to get me back on here. Mm-hmm. But really... Yeah, like, snow delayed it for three it, days. But they, they could only hope to delay it. They exactly. couldn't stop it. It yeah. was an unstoppable force. <laughs> it was. But, yeah, I mean, I, I joked about it earlier. You laughed at everything, but very serious. I mean, sitting there and listening to, as much as I enjoyed Gary's, as much mm-hmm. as I enjoyed... Russ's enjoyed listening to everybody else that you had on here from Donovan to uh, what's uh, what's her name? Uh, we had Shivani from Australia. We had Shar from Char, Brooklyn. Sharhova, mm-hmm. yeah, the one, the girl who's becoming a wrestler. Yes, correct. Yes, all of those people. Great, great shows. I wanted to come back really bad. Yeah, <laughs> for, for like the for the like the longest time. <laughs> and you had been mentioning it, um, and I don't think that I, not that I didn't take you seriously, but I don't think I realized how much you wanted to come back on. Yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on, man. When you originate something, when you build when you build a cathedral. Lay the groundwork. Yeah, when you build a cathedral as immaculate as this, <laughs> you want to come back and see how it's been furnished. Yeah. And I kicked my feet up on the couch <laughs> of this show, and I thoroughly enjoyed my stay. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. You're always welcome back. You should be on this time sooner, much sooner than it took for you to be on for the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is Matt Madness Unsanctioned for Derek McCauley, the first ever guest on Matt Madness Unsanctioned, the innovator. I am Ron Pashery. 
and we will see you next time. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.